Hey everyone, I'm Andy. And I'm Sean. And this is the Commander's Brew. This week, Commander Legends set review the non-legendaries. Welcome back. It's episode 271. It is part two of our massive Commander Legends review. This is all the non-legendary cards. The new non-legendary cards. Yes. This set review has become an absolute unit. Yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> a beast. Yes. Uh, so we're not gonna we're not gonna waste much time getting into this. Uh, and I do not consider it a waste of time, so we will thank you for listening. Uh, truly you right there yes you i'm talking to you thank you for listening uh we can't do this without you uh some of you have even gone on to help us out by leaving comments on our youtubes or twitters subscribing liking that sort of thing giving us reviews on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on some of you have decided to donate financially by going to patreon.com slash commanders brew that is monumental thank you so much for that uh that helps us keep the show going and we love uh seeing uh our patrons in the discord with us helping us brew future show decks um and there's other ways too to support if you want to but you're like i don't have the money but i would love to uh, if you're buying magic cards go ahead and hit our tcg player link of uh, any cards you buy after going through that link we get a little slice of that and if you're a canadian we do have the best deal for you uh, if you're in canada we can get you actual money off your magic singles by shopping at the wizard tower and using our coupon code here's an ad now the commander's brew is a podcast proudly produced in canada and we're proud to be sponsored by the wizard's tower wizardtower.com one of canada's premier card stores We've got an exclusive coupon code for our Canadian listeners. To get 5% off any order of singles from the Wizards Tower, use our coupon code, BREWZENDICAR. And if you order $15 or more worth of singles, the shipping is free. You can also check out our deck list for this week's episode, and any other episode we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. See you there, friend, Dicar. Yes, all right. Uh, we're back, and we're just going to get right into it, I think, right? Let's, uh, let's just plow right into this massive list of cards to read and talk about and give our opinions on and so on yeah we're starting with the mythic rarity and we're working our way down and we're not going to talk about reprints there are too many cards to fit those in there's a ton of great ones wizards thanks for all of them yeah absolutely and for the most part i think like the reason we've chosen not to focus too much on um the reprints is because we kind of know where these cards stand right we know they've been around we know that you know they're state they're either staples or they're not they're either very useful or they're not you know see the you know the great thing about this set is that sort of as a blanket statement most of the reprints are just great we're just so super stoked to have them super happy to have them this is not one of those sets where we're like where are all the reprints why didn't they reprint good commander stuff no no, no. there's tons of great commander reprints here um you know dropping the prices on all of them um and we're just really happy with them and there's not much else to say really like we could go through and talk about how good the cards are but we all kind of know how good you know uh i don't know scroll rack is and you know the vampiric tutor these are good cards man they're great cards put them in your decks if you like them you know what i mean yep simple as that so shall we get to it let's do it 
Okay, first mythic card in white is Archon of Coronation. Four, white, white, Archon, five, five, flying. When Archon of Coronation enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. My favorite mechanic in Commander. Uh, and as long as you're the monarch, damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Wow. Now, very important, as I did not understand this the first time I read it, you can still lose the monarchy. Because yes. Monarch only cares about the damage. So you still take the damage. You just um, you just don't lose any life as you're doing it. So it's very weird. Uh, uh, like we're starting off with a very weird card here because I, I don't... I feel like this... We've never ever seen this line of text in Magic before. Damage doesn't cause you to lose life? I feel like that... I, I feel like we've never seen that before. I mean, it's hard it's because... Guess, ma yeah. Like ma Magic's rules are great because of how precise they are there is no confusion if you read it carefully and take every every little sentence and word as it is it tells you exactly what happens and so this is right like the right it's a finicky weird rules card and it wouldn't surprise me if they never have had this phrase i shortcut this stuff so lots of cards prevent you from taking damage but i think that's how it's worded this time you're taking the damage but not losing life so like are you not taking damage they had to do it that way otherwise you could never lose the monarch absolutely exactly so it's not this thing that gives you the monarchy forever and you constantly have it for the rest of the game like no one as long as this creature's there that's what it looked like to me <laughs> uh, but it is not the case uh, great okay so let's move on to our next card which is triumphant reckoning uh, six white 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 again we're doing this by rarity so this is another mythic here this is another white mythic uh, this is part of a cycle I believe right it's a uh, I don't know the wording on them but I know there's like a three mana giant mana sorcery cycle that's going on yes so nine nine mana in total for the sorcery it says return all artifact enchantment and planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield so that's a lot of stuff um artifact no creatures though planeswalkers no creatures so here's my thing about this card okay obviously I think this is going to be the best in uh, decks that care about one or, I guess, obviously all of these things, right? Um, but why couldn't this have just been, like, look at Rise of the Dark Realms. That card is cheaper than this. You get all creatures from all graveyards. Like, is it, would it have been too much to be like, you just get every artifact enchantment Planeswalker from all graveyards? Like, is that, like, I understand that that is a crazy card. And that is a, but like, this is nine mana, three white pips. Like, this is something like, like, this is, like, just go nuts. If you're going to go nuts, go nuts. I agree. This card should be more nuts. This card should be more nuts. If this card costs six. Appropriate nuts. Like, that's still six. nuts and maybe not expensive enough. Like, maybe it should cost seven. But if this costs okay. seven, I still don't think it's like so incredible an, or anything, right? It's an appropriate amount of nuts for seven. Exactly. I think so, too. So for, nine, for two more mana, I want more nuts. I want more nuts. Because you really do have to build around it. And I don't get creatures. Get out. You know what I mean? Like, we have opened the vaults, but that gives everyone back their stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's a weird zone here. It's a weird zone. And um, I think it's, like, not that particularly, uh, not particularly interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah. I would like this to be more nuts. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go into a blue mythic. This is sort of the the cycle of in the blue mnemonic deluge. It's another nine mana sorcery. Six blue blue blue. Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Copy that card three times. You may cast the copies without paying their mana costs. Exile mnemonic deluge. Now this is pretty nuts for a nine mana card. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine mana is a huge hurdle to get to. But copying a spell three times, if it's more than CMC three, you're getting a value. You're getting a deal mm-hmm. for this. And if I know Commander, there's usually some excellent, fairly expensive sorceries hanging around in graveyards. And to copy them three times could potentially lead to what I like to call shenanigans. Uh-huh. So let's look at, let's just quickly, let's compare this to the previous one. Okay. So we both feel a little bit better about this. And I'm not sure we should. So here's the thing. Triumph of Reckoning. Nine mana. All we need to mm-hmm. get back are three artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker cards that cost three or more, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. We're getting a deal. Same thing when it comes to Mnemonic Deluge. we got to get something that's three or greater in order for us to get that deal. But the thing with Triumph of Reckoning is that we need to get three different cards to get there, right? Yes. At least. Uh, whereas... Mnemonic Deluge, if there's one card that costs more than three, we're getting that deal. So that's, that's, there's one example of the difference between the cards. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Deluge just gets there because of that, because you only need one really awesome card to be in someone's graveyard. This card gets really good. Whereas Triumphant Reckoning, we need like, yeah, you can get your mana's worth out of it, but like, okay, I got a three mana mana rock a four mana mana rock and you know uh, some enchantment and like a planeswalker like it's like it's like okay that's pretty good for nine mana but are you gonna win the game because of it i don't know but if i cast like right of replication this many times or some other crazy spell like i guess i think deluge is better but i don't think it's that much better yeah i agree like like the the delta here is like the nine mana is still like really too much for anything and like there is a real possibility that the best thing you're looking at is like a, a kill spell or maybe like a cultivate. And it's like, man, I don't want not like I love three cultivates, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want to have to spend nine minutes for three cultivates. Yeah, you're just paying the honest price for that at that point. <laughs> yeah. You went to the yeah. you went to the market and you paid full price. Your haggling did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it doesn't matter for wraths don't care. Like, no. who who cares? Uh, counter spells are in really ineligible mm-hmm. so like you're talking like ramps or kills or like weirdo sorceries that do crazy things that's yeah. where i think you want to put this and i think like myself a lot of us immediately thought expropriate yes uh, i did too <laughs> remembering that expropriate exiles itself it will well so unless I mean, you not mill if it's it, milled exactly. yeah so unless you mill it uh, which, which means this is a fantastic card to mill deck really great card because you can target the person you know will have some awesome you know sorceries and stuff and you can hopefully get something good so yeah i think this card is better better and it's in the mill colors that's why right like the white card is not in mm-hmm. the mill colors obviously okay mm-hmm. uh who's my turn yeah okay next is sphinx of the second sun uh, a lot of talk about this one when it uh, was dropped um it's a s- eight mana creature six blue blue for a sphinx mythic flying it's a six six 
and at the beginning of your post combat main phase oh man you just know something crazy is going to happen here because <laughs> when do we talk when do we say that you get an additional beginning phase after this phase and then in brackets the, the rules text will remind you the beginning phase includes the untap upkeep and draw steps so and then your turn ends <laughs> yeah right and then that's it it's over uh, yeah. So at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, beginning, you get an additional beginning phase after this phase. Oh, that's right. So Right, right, right. So so it's at, I mistook when it happened. So, so here's what happens. You do your normal turn where you untap, upkeep, draw. You have your first main phase. You go to combat. You're about to go to your second main phase, but you do a, a main phase, but you do another untap, upkeep, draw. And then you have your second main phase, and then your turn's over. Yeah, so, so I think you get a main everything's phase vigilance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's vigilance. Extra upkeep things trigger, which is yeah. the coolest part of this card. Mm -hmm. um, drawing a card is fine. Uh, very easy to do, though. You don't really need to spend eight mana for that, but I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And on tapping your, obviously, on tapping your lands is nice, right? That's right. I for, yeah, I, I, I shortcut it to creatures, but you untap all your lands too, which yeah. is, you know, if you can pay eight for this. You get that eight back if you make it to your post-combat main phase. The wild thing is, is you essentially get an extra turn without the combat phase, right? That's essentially what you get here. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, and obviously you don't get uh, any beginning of combat stuff either. So just cut a combat out and you just get a, an extra turn. And for just about every deck I can think of, that's just fine. That's great. <laughs> yes. So this is a high-powered card. Mm -hmm. expect to see this card uh, you know i expect to see people play this card i think people are very excited to play it and rightfully so it's powerful stuff i mean well and i just noticed it the car you know how all cards have a set number mm -hmm. this one's 99 oh, the great one the great one swings of the second <laughs> sun here we go i love it okay now we've got our, our the black mythic huge nine mana spell profane transfusion Six, black, black, black. That's nine mana for a sorcery. Two target players exchange life totals. And you create an XX colorless horror artifact creature token where X is the difference between those players' life totals. Okay. This one seems very small. This this is this is not worth nine. I think I feel like yeah. if one player is at three and another player is at forty. What what's going on in this game? First of all, and 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 I hate to say it, but in Commander, all too often, like a like a thirty seven thirty seven dork that doesn't do it, <laughs> yeah. doesn't have any abilities or evasion or trample, is not that exciting very often. Yeah, no, sorry, that's not really the reason why we're gonna play this card. I think you're only gonna see this card in like life, like self harming life decks that want to switch life totals, you know. Stuff yeah. like that. Like I think that's the only time we're that that that's what this card is. It's one of those cards, and those cards really only get played in those types of decks. So yeah. we're not playing this for the horror artifact. That's just kind of a bonus. So if, when you look at it that way, it's like is nine mana what we want to pay for that effect to like switch lives with someone? And I think like in in the past, what do we have? We have the artifact that that costs six. But then you have to pay six again. I think. I think it's is that how that much it one. Costs? 
Yeah, I think so. But that one has to be doing your upkeep, if I'm not mistaken. Think, or maybe I'm mixing it up. I don't know. I think you can do it. I think I, I'm not, I don't know if it has to be on your upkeep. But there's also a white sorcery that does this basically this exact same thing without the token. And I think it costs like eight or something. It costs a lot too. Seven or eight or something. So at tack an extra mana or two on to grab to get like a what you hope is going to be a really big horror artifact creature token. And I think this card me is going to go in those decks and probably nowhere else. Mm, that's kind of it. Yeah. Kind of narrow, which is unfortunate. Which is kind of what we yeah. said about the white one. The white one seems pretty narrow. Um, whereas the blue one's going to be something that you're going to run in like big rampy things and also like sorcery based stuff and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So moving on. Uh, we have. Oh, we're moving on to red. What? There's only one black mythic? Yeah. Wow. That's weird. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, oh, wait, no. We One Black Mythic that is a non-legendary. That's what it is. Cause oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sat, we're skipping the... Is, uh, yeah. Okay, so the other... No, so the, starting with red, the non-mythic... Or sorry, non-legendary mythic. Hellkite Courser. Four red red for a 6-5 Flying Dragon. When Hellkite Courser enters the battlefield, you may put a commander you own from the command zone onto the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to the command zone at the beginning of the next end step. Ooh, this is, um, I'll tell you. Okay, so a lot of people are a little weary about messing with command zone stuff, right? About, you know, affecting the command zone in a way where either we're getting something for free or whatever. Um, very, I think notably here, we cast Hellkite Courser. Um, and if we blink it, what happens? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I blink the card after its attacks, like, in response to its trigger or even before its trigger, do I get to just keep my commander on the battlefield? Well, okay. Or do, or does this still send it there? So I'm, I'm guessing here, but the way I would interpret this, it says return it to the command zone at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't avoid that. There's no ifs right. there. Like, that will happen. Yeah. So if, are you talking if you blink your commander? Yeah. So my gut tells me it's referring to your commander and the commander never changes. Like if you blink your commander, the game still knows that's your commander. If you turn it upside down by like like manifesting it or something, that's a that's a that's an a quality that the game can always recognize. The reason blinking works on regular creatures is because the game can't tell right. like is this a new creature? But I think your com your commander is always your commander, so it'll always be able to see it. Fascinating. Yeah, I had a feeling that that might be it. So, rules. I'm just guessing. Yeah, but... I know. Obviously, we're not rules. We're not judges. We're not rules experts. Uh, so we'll just say if that's the way it works. Obviously, that's a bummer. Um, but if it doesn't work that way, and you can kind of, and I mean, there there are other ways we can mess with this, right? Like we can uh, uh, bounce it to our hand easier once it's on the battlefield, right? We can we can do the long blink where in response to this trigger, Ooh. we 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 blink it to the next end step, and then. Hellkite Courser's trigger goes away, and then it'll, our commander will come back um, on right, the but, next end step, right? But does it find it from your hand, though? It won't. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, because some because like some can. stuff some stuff finds stuff from the I graveyard know. and finds stuff from exile, even. So like like there's some weird interactions. I I can't wait till the gatherer comes out on this. This is worth looking up. I'm, I'm glad it's the mythic that has like these weird old stuff. Probably safe in your hand, but I could be wrong. But anyways. Uh, I, I, I personally don't mind 
messing with the command zone a little bit. So I think this is kind of in that realm where it's okay. I don't know. We're still paying yeah. six mana, right? Like it's. Anyways. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, I like it too. So he here's another red mythic Port Razor. Three red red for an orc pirate 4 4. Whenever Port Razor deals combat damage to a player. Untap each creature you control. After this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. Port Razor can't attack a player. It has already attacked this turn. So this is one creature that has to do damage to trigger your extra combat steps. Mm. And Port Razor is allowed to attack each player on the battle, like each of your opponents. And you only run out when you run out of opponents that port razor can attack but if you can somehow give port razor unblockable uh, and if your opponents can't deal with it maybe a whisper silk cloak you're going to get as many combat steps as there are opponents and here's a an interesting one um you don't have to attack the different players with all your other creatures you can just True. attack port razor so we attack sean with port razor and all my creatures go at sean next i get to attack uh, um, Alistair with my port razor and all of the other creatures still attack Sean and then yeah. I come and I attack Mike and guess what all my creatures are still going at Sean you're allowed to do that I mean that. it's fine because I was at 8 bazillion life so I'm still at like <laughs> 8 bazillion life so I don't care oh, but totally that's fine. something yeah, yeah. you can do <laughs> that is something you can do yeah yeah or you could maybe try something where you like blink, like I was saying earlier like maybe you blink port razor and give it haste or something I'm sure that there's all kinds of stuff you oh, can do oh wow I love this card I think it's great I like I love seeing these things where we have this uh, extra combat stuff, but it's we've like we don't just automatically get that like infinite feel to it, right? Like we kind of have to work to make this guy that kind of good. So I like that. I think that's good. And it's the right amount of work, yes, right? This exactly. is this feels like the right amount of work. It's not a million hoops. Mm -hmm. It's a couple hoops. Yeah, that's what Commander's all about. I don't mind a few hoops. You know what? Yeah. In fact, I love hoops. Love hoops. <laughs> okay, next up. Uh, this is the, again, the big nine mana one. So Soulfire Eruption 6, red, 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 for the sorcery at Mythic. Choose any number of target creatures, planeswalkers, and or players. For each of them, exile the top card of your library. Then Soulfire Eruption deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that permanent or player. You may play the exiled cards until the end of your next turn. So you get to do this for any, for all the creatures, planeswalkers and players on the on the board yeah that's pretty good <laughs> i i feel like the the frame of mind for this one is the fact that you get to play those cards yes. until the end of your next Absolutely. turn you can't count on killing anything mm -hmm. it's too random you're gonna flip lands and it won't do any damage mm -hmm. uh but i i think you should look at that part as a bonus it's like you might kill a couple things and that's nice uh, but the main reason to play this is to get all those extra spells to look at, to be able to play uh, until the end of your next turn. So we're looking for combo pieces. We're mm -hmm. looking for maybe storm possibilities. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, a nine mana, like what, draw on nine feels like it's plus doing damage to things. Like, I think you're obviously you're going to have a deck that's set up to use this properly. And I think that, that this card's going to be kind of good in it. I mean, it is nine mana, of course. Um, it's nothing what was to... that? What was that X spell that did something similar? Ooh, I don't remember. But I, 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 I like the red and blue ones naturally also in, in this uh, cycle because, you know, red and blue are the spell colors. So we're going to be able to mess around with spells this way. Like, you cast this using Pyromancer's Goggles, and all of a sudden we get this twice, right? Like we use, again, any kind of other spell doubling thing and we're doing this twice. So 
in these colors, I like them a little bit more just because they're more likely to be able to be uh, abused, kind of. So I think Soulfire Eruption is cool. It's uh, Oddly enough, the red one <laughs> that deals damage is kind of the one I like a bit more. I don't know. Weird. Uh, what's next? Green. Okay, next up is, the, is a green creature. Apex Devastator. Eight green green. That's a 10-mana creature. It's a 10-10, and it has Cascade, 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 Cascade. <laughs> what a ridiculous card. <laughs> so here's so cast, all of those Cascades will trigger in order. You'll resolve the first Cascade, then the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. And then after they're all done resolving, Apex Devastator will hit the battlefield. Yeah. So... It's fine, you know, it's probably okay to hit board wipes and resolve them. You have the choice not to resolve them. You can just pass if mm-hmm. you if you and just like give up give up that spell. But you know, if you hit a board wipe, Apex Devastator's coming down after that, so you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um That's yeah. a ton. That's a ton. If you hit a cascade within a cascade, you have to resolve that. It's like folders within folders. You have to keep <laughs> yeah. resolving them before you come back. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like this in these in the decks that want a 10-mana creature, a 10-mana 10-10, right? The big Timmy decks, the big green cheap creatures into play type decks. Uh, although, notably, you do have to cast the spell to get the Cascades, so maybe you just want to ramp into this super hard uh, instead of cheating it out. So there is that, right? The cheating part doesn't really help you here. You can find better creatures to cheat. But if you want to hard cast something, Apex Devastator is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a little like I'm like mid range on this card in that I think it can be really fun in in the big in some big decks and then obviously not that good in others. Uh, next up, reshape the earth. This is the green member of the nine mana sorcery tribe club team, club. Yeah, uh, reshape the earth. Six green 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 sorcery. Search your library for up to ten land cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Tap then shuffle your library. Hey, did you want two copies of Boundless Realms? You got it. Basically, right? Boundless Realms is what? Eight? Nine? I think it's pretty similar. Let me look it up. Um, And essentially getting you the same number of of lands because it only counts as basics. Or it only gets the basics, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Boundless Realms is seven, only gets basics. Yeah. So, you know, we got to pay two more, but we can get any lands. I mean, this is going to be played in the land, in the we care about lands, either land falling or specifically land combos so i think this is just going to be basically look at boundless realms and be like what if boundless realms was a mythic yeah this is not a ramp spell in the sense that like by the time you're here i don't think you really need to ramp much more like 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 i I think you do need to rely on the landfall triggers or something about Mm -hmm. the land specifically um i mean this is super fun for mazes and just there you go i'm done (laughs) yeah that's true i win (laughs) I guess you need the maze, though, or at least one gate, right? You yeah, need, as long as you hit one plus, gate yeah. prior to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you already have five-color decks, so, like, surely... <laughs> You're probably getting there, right? Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, we'll reshape the earth. I mean, yeah, I mean, the decks, we know the decks that this is going in. Yes. Uh, cool. Is that it for Mythics? It's no. it for the colorful mythics. We have some uh, mono-colored, or sorry, colorless ones. We'll start with the s- a simple one, Commander's Plate. 
It's a single mana for an artifact equipment, uh, and it equips your commander for three, and it equips anyone else for five. And what it does is equipped creature gets plus three, plus three, and has protection from each color that's not in your commander's color identity. Mm. It's the Animar effect, yeah. right? Animar was teamer but had pearl, black, and white. Mm -hmm. That's this thing here, right? The more monocolored you are, I feel like the more you want this. This mm -hmm. does nothing in a five-color deck. Absolutely nothing. Well, it gives you plus three, plus three, I guess. That's yeah, not yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, I was really disappointed with this card, uh, just by the look of it, because, uh, yeah, like three-color commanders, like you basically need to be teamer for this to be any good, because we want to protect from pointed removal, from black and white exile sources, right? Like, I feel like those are yeah. the two main things we want to be doing. So it truly is the Animar effect in that way. Because, um, yeah, like, protection from, like, green and something is, like, whatever. Uh, so it's kind of... But it is it is important to be said that it's kind of like a sword in that way, in that we get a boost. We get protection from two colors if we're a three-color commander. Uh, like, when I'm going to talk about this for four or five colors, it's just not good enough, right? Like, just is not good enough. Uh, three commit one is obviously pretty sweet two let's talk but three is where is the real like gray area here where i'm not sure and i'm leaning towards it's not outside of teamer um but also because the equip is three like why does this cost one and equip three why why doesn't it why doesn't it cost three and equip one or cost two and equip two you know what i mean that that three equipped kind of sucks <laughs> i agree i feel i feel like you're really only supposed to be looking at this as a monocolor purse, as a monocolor commander, and four mana protection from almost all the colors is pretty is pretty. Fu I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, that's four. decent for sure, for sure. So yeah, um, yeah, monocolored equipment, nice. Uh, this is uh, this one is uh, this is it the biggest card in the set, Jeweled Lotus, zero mana for the artifact, the the mythic that says. Tap, sacrifice Jeweled Lotus, add three mana of any one color, spend this mana only to cast your commander. Very important text at the end. Spend this mana only to cast your commander. I do think a lot of the hype around this card, of course there was tons, a lot of discussion, a lot of like outrage, but also a lot of being like, this card isn't actually good. And like most things, it's probably actually somewhere in the middle there where it's a very powerful card, obviously, when we get it. Um, not as good, but not nearly as good when we get it later in the game. But I still think this card has potential to be the... Th like, I don't think it's going to be this go-in-every-card-break-every-game type of thing, right? Like, like let's let's take a look at it from that perspective. Like, a lot of people think that this is just going to break Commander. It's going to be another one of the staples. It's going to be another Soul Ring. What do you think? Do you think that's the case? Oh, boy. I don't think... I don't think it's going to break Commander. I think it's going to be expensive. It's going to remain expensive. I think the more competitive your deck is, the more likely you are to want to combo out and get your Commander out right away and start doing combo type of pieces. Um, if you're looking at CEDH decks, they're already running cards like Grim Monolith, um, of course, Sol Ring, Mana Crypt. This is another form of fast mana, although it's extremely restrictive. In a casual meta, this card doesn't do anything if my commander's already out. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a storm trigger or an artifact count for Metalcraft, yeah. but, it, <laughs> but it's not... But I can't use it. I mean, and yes, if my commander dies, I'm going to be happy I have this because this kind of negates one and a half taxes 
on my commander later in the game. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But Soul Ring just kind of is just better all overall. I mean, obviously, I've painted some cases where this specifically is better. But overall, I'd rather have Soul Ring late to negate one commander tax instead of one and a half commander taxes. And also help me cast other spells when my commander's already out. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just very exciting. It's, it's very exciting because Black Lotus is iconic and... They like how they gave us original dual lands, but for commander. Mm. Here is Black Lotus, but for commander. So, you know. They also gave us a time twister, but full for commander in that like the, that flashback version. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You reminded me of that, and how it's like, man, are they just trying to print like reprint these vintage slash like Power Nine style cards into a commander only? setting kind of and it feels like eh, maybe that is what they're trying to do yeah like i mean like it wouldn't be inconceivable to one day see like jeweled ruby it's a zero mana mox ruby that only works on your commander or your commander's activated abilities maybe yeah maybe you expand it a bit for that for the mox and i don't know i want to say that so while i agree that you know i think more competitive uh, metas and formats i guess are the ones who are going to want this card, and us casual players are basically going to stay away from it, almost just purely because of the cost. This card's already over $100. And fully not worth it for that, because of that. Like, for casual metas, I mean. Um, uh, I, I, I don't want to be, like, uh, totally flippant of the people who are, like, kind of upset about it. Um, I mean, it is just a magic card. And cool, cool out. But, but, I do think this card didn't need to be printed like why why are we trying to put black lotus into commander to prove how I, good it is or wouldn't be like you know what i mean i mean i know a lot of people say that even if black lotus was legal in commander it wouldn't even be that good and i tend to think yeah they're probably right because you know it's 99 cards we're gonna we're never we're like rarely gonna have it in our opening hand all that kind of stuff right um but that doesn't mean that the card itself isn't powerful when it's like in these situations and it isn't game breaking so while i agree that um this isn't going to break commander i don't think it's going to be a staple again mostly just because of the cost of it is going to be that's going to be prohibitive for people to get it and want to play with it um but i do think that that's like why 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 uh, and i know the answer it's to sell packs <laughs> it's to get yeah it's to get this the cost of the boxes up you know which has I happened. Like... This card dropped and box prices went up. So if you pre-ordered before this, good on you. You won. Yeah. You probably saved 20, 30 bucks or something. I, I feel like, again, I, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm against the fast mana in Commander. I feel like, I mean, I know it's self-correcting. It's multiplayer. So if someone gets a Sol Ring turn one, we kind of gang up on them a little bit and we keep them in check. But I would just rather it just be even to begin with. And so this is another example that if you get it in your opening hand, it's amazing. Like Sol Ring, like Grim Monolith, not quite as much, but still, but like also Mana Crypt, um, Mana yeah. Vault. So now if I'm in a competitive meta where, Jewel, where I want my commander out, now I've got five, maybe six pieces of fast mana. And with the, with the new mulligan rules, I can pitch my first seven and try i have one more chance yeah. to hit one of my fast manas in my opening hand um and that is why i don't i'm not a huge fan of this card being printed 
I gotta say, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of it being printed. I don't think it makes Commander any more fun. And yeah, nor CEDH. Bottom line, yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. Let's move on. Yeah, let's There's move one on. more colorless. There's one more colorless card. We did this alphabetically, I think. Um, this is Phyrexian Triniform. It's a 9-mana, nine 9-9 nine, nine artifact creature golem. And when this dies, create three 3-3 three, three colorless golem artifact creature tokens. So you get 9 power on the front, and then when it dies, you get 9 power again over three bodies. But it has Encore, which is this new mechanic for this set, which is a, you have to do it at sorcery speed, but you pay the Encore price while this is in your graveyard, and then you exile it, and then you get a copy of this for each opponent, and they are they all have haste. So you don't... That attacks... And the, it has the text, it has to attack each opponent this turn... I think I explained that confusingly. Yeah, I was like, Basically, why don't you just read the, the text that's right there? I don't know. It just seems more easy sometimes, but this one got the better of me. Uh, you exile it from your graveyard, and for each opponent, you make a copy that has to attack each opponent. So one attacks player A, one attacks player B, one attacks player C. They all get haste, so they're allowed to. So that's nine. That's 18. That's 27 power in a four-player game going. And then you sacrifice it at the end, but that's the death trigger, so then you get... Three, three threes times three. So you still get 27 power left over even after you encore this. The encore costs 12. It's not cheap, yeah, it's not cheap. but this is very powerful. Uh, now this is a good card. <laughs> That's totally a commander player's take. It's like, Jeweled Lotus? Mm -mm, no way. Mm, don't like it? Not good enough for me. Like It's too, it's, it's, it's too good. It's no fun. Fraction Triniform, nine mana, twelve mana. Count me in. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's so true, and it's big and fun and flashy. And this is Commander, man. This is what I'm telling you. Uh, I love yeah. Encore as a mechanic too. I mean, there's a lot of cool Encore creatures, and it is definitely a thing where it's like, ah, oh, man, twelve mana. And you'll see this with Encore, where you're like, ah, oh, like six. Like I gotta pay like eight mana for this effect. But then the effect is always like, hmm, that's pretty good. So yeah, I'm generally pretty happy with it. So. And if the first part's worth it, you don't have to encore. Like I, I'm happy doing the first part, so yeah. great. Yeah, this is this is fun and it's going to go lay in a lot of uh, artifact decks for sure. Okay, that's all the mythics. So let's get back into the uh, white color and look at our rare uh, non-legendary cards, starting with Acroma's Will. Three and a white for an instant that says choose one. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both. This is also another cycle. It's kind of like lieutenant, but like on instance and or sorceries, I guess. Yeah. Because it cares yeah. about your commander being out, right? So yeah. here are the two choices. Create, uh, sorry, creatures you control gain flying, vigilance, and double strike until on the turn. So that is the, what's that card? Uh... Flying, vigilance, double strike. Oh, uh, con not concerted effort. It's got that old dude, yeah, that ripped like, old dude cheering. Yeah, ripped hey. old dude. <laughs> uh, except, except they, in the, on that card they get lifelink actually they don't get flying anyways right. so, but very close right like that's a really good thing to give a bunch of your tokens flying vigilance double strike but your other choice is creatures you control gain lifelink indestructible and protection from all colors until end of turn uh, so that's pretty good so right off the bat even without your commander I think this card's pretty good for go wide strategies even just protecting your board from a board wipe you know how much I love that type of card. Yeah. Uh, I was streaming with a couple people from uh, the Discord, and I kind of discovered 
something about myself as a commander player and and what Sean how you and I uh, come at commander we don't like to run a ton of board wipes because it makes games last long and you know I'd rather someone do their thing and then win than then we could just play again so so I still run some board wipes gotta run some but I just don't run a ton of them and instead I found out I like running the things that protect me from board wipes right because if I can be that player that survives the board wipe then I'm in a much better place than even the person who played the board wipe, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, this is I like this card for that reason. And if we get to pick both of these, forget it. This is a fantastic card. Four mana instant. I like it a lot. Yeah, four mana instant. All your creatures become a chroma. So like that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love how like the the I love there's a bit of so if we don't have a commander, it is a commander. We can steal an opponent's commander that's and still true. get the benefit that's from true. this. Uh, I love how if I don't have my commander or a commander, um, the second one giving protection from all colors means you probably get in for full damage of the team if you choose to alpha strike. But then there's the first one there. You get flying vigilance and double strike where it's like, well, maybe the whole team can't get in, but most of them can with flying and I'm doing double the damage. So that seems pretty lucrative, too. Uh, even still, bo- both seem equally exciting in practicality, and it's not an obvious choice, and I love that. Yeah, agreed. I Yeah, there's going to be situations where it's going to be tough to choose which one you're doing. Uh, hopefully, you just always get both. May you always get both. Yes. All right, what is next? Armored Skyhunter, three and a white for a 3-3 three, three flying cat knight. Whenever Armored Skyhunter attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may put an aura or an equipment card from among them onto the battlefield. If it's an equipment is put on the battlefield, you may attach it to a creature you control. Put the rest of those cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, if you do put an aura on the battlefield, you do get to put it on a creature. And that's that sneaky way that gets to go on mm-hmm. hexproof creatures. That's right. And, and Shroud, for that matter. That's right. Um I think we this is like an obvious staple for en- enchantment and or sorry aura and or equipment decks right like this is just a staple for those decks. Well, if only because it's like like Wizards has been real stingy until now about letting us cheat out enchantments. Like it, they they don't like it. Uh, aura but specifically, this... even you're right. Like even that too. I think they don't like that weird interaction because you know it's like a weird rules thing that doesn't feel good like if i'm especially a newer player and i have a hexproof guy out here i'm like why are you able to put this on my creature and it's like that's a weird rules thing you know it doesn't feel good to have to explain those things so i kind of understand that side of it but you're right cheating enchantments slash auras even even putting equipment for free on stuff is a new thing that they're recently doing yeah i love it i think this card is really good equipment decks can't wait to build one with with this card at the at the 90 in the 99 there yep uh, next is Court of Grace. Ugh, another cycle. We're getting some fun cycles. This is the Court cycle, and these ones are pretty good. Uh, this one is an enchantment. It's two white-white. I think they're all enchantments. Two white-white. Uh, when Court of Grace enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Guess what? Monarch is back, and we love it. There are some great monarch cards ahead, so stay tuned. Uh, anyways, this one, uh, you, you become the monarch when it comes to play. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying instead. Sweet. I love it. Sweet. Yeah. Gives us... So you don't you don't actually get protection right away. No. Like, you cast this and you don't get anything. So it could be easy for someone to steal the monarchy from you, unfortunately. However, 
that one one white spirit with flying that's pretty evasive that there's a good chance you're going to get the monarchy back with that and even if you don't i can think <coughs> of numerous decks where I would love a four mana enchantment that just pumps out a token creature every turn for free. Mm. Like that's like like this this is a great card just for its worst case scenario. Yeah. But that's true. but then if you manage to like secure the monarchy, angels, fine. Yeah, don't forget this um replaces itself uh when you end your turn, because you will be the monarch uh, when you end your turn after playing this card. So Yes. Pretty sweet. Yes. Love it. Uh, okay, let's go to Keeper of the Accord. Three and a white for a human soldier who is 3-4. At the beginning of each opponent's end step, each opponent, I like it. If that player controls more creatures than you, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token. Yes, keep talking, there's more. <laughs> At the beginning of each opponent's end step, again, if that player controls more lands than you, you may search your library for a basic planes card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Finally. Huh. it's each and it's each player each opponent so like once you catch up to one player you won't get lands at the end of their turn but you're still going to keep getting lands at the end of the green player's turn because surely they're way farther ahead than you yeah. uh as long as you have basic planes that's the only thing yeah absolutely i actually don't think obviously depends on who you're playing against but like on average if you're playing a if you're playing this card that that white soldier thing might not happen that often right because you might get even up to like three creatures and then there's going to be some types of decks that are only going to have one or two on the board at, at, at a time and before this thing gets killed. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the, I, I feel like though this is the kind of card that you're going to play it. You might get like a soul the first t time around you're going to get like two lands and like a soldier or two and people are going to be like what that's that's crazy. And then the next turn around you're not going to get anything or something like that. You know what I mean? Or you're going to get one land and one soldier or something which i'm saying that's still really good like i think that's really oh great. yeah but what i'm saying is i think that as people see the diminishing kind of returns they're not going to um be as threatened by it uh well i mean i'm is, planning that, on but the thing is this thing keeps keeps on giving right like you hold yes. back a land drop uh uh and you all of a sudden get to like maybe catch like ramp in lands so it's actually kind of better sometimes if you don't play a land with this guy. It's weird. I, I like it. And, like, you know, I'm chucking this in every Orzov deck I have with sack outlets. And just, I get a free yes. sack yes. object every opponent's turn. Which will <laughs> ensure I have fewer creatures than them. Yeah, Boros decks are going to love this simply for the for the land drops. and Yeah, I think this card is fantastic. And this, this is the kind of thing we wanted White to have for a long time. And guess what? It has it. It doesn't break any parts of the color pie. It does everything no. you want. It's great. Yeah. Uh, what's next here? We have Promise of Tomorrow. It's two and a white for an enchantment at rare. Whenever a creature you control dies, exile it. At the beginning of each end step, if you control no creatures, sacrifice Promise of Tomorrow and return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under your control. This is onboard wrath protection. Yeah. And also just, like, the potential of bringing back even other creatures that died prior to that turn, right? It's at the beginning of each end step. Yeah. Like, you don't have to wait till your turn to get him back. It's like, if your opponent rasps the board, it's like, well, okay. Uh, when you say past turn, I'm getting everything I get back. all my creatures back, yeah. So, so does that mean that this is also kind of a wrath deterrent? 
Like people are gonna not want a wrath if they if you have this because this just means you your creatures don't get wrath. I guess unless they're certainly tokens. true. Because the tokens right. aren't gonna come back. But um, again, every good commander deck runs a couple of sack outlets. I'm sure you can engineer a position where you're like, you know what? I feel like getting everything back again. I'm gonna sack everything and then uh, go down to zero creatures and get them all back at the end. And they're gonna have to use some kind of enchantment removal on this if they want to board wipe. So that means all of a sudden now. Board wiping, which used to take one card, now costs to them two cards essentially to do it to you. So that's pretty good. I think that's and like think about it. Think about what you lose. You lose the enchantment and the creatures that were gonna die anyways. I don't know. NBD. I, I think it's pretty good in creature based decks for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's next? Let's talk about slash the ranks. Three white white for a sorcery. It's a type of wrath. Destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except for commanders so the five mana wraths right we've got lots of them four mana wrath wrath of god is the og and whenever we pay five we get a little something extra and that little something extra this time is destroying all planeswalkers as well as creatures mm. but i guess they thought that planeswalkers was too much for that one extra mana so they took away and what they did take away was except for commanders and i gotta say the least my least favorite thing about a wrath is when it misses a couple things. <laughs> yeah. Or just when it misses the thing you want to kill. Oh, that's a the lot worst. Of times, yeah, the, a lot of times you want the wrath simply to destroy the one thing that has like hex proof and protection. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I just need a wrath to kill this thing. And then you yeah, draw I, this. You're like, oh, that thing that has it is this commander. Yeah, right? Like, how many times have you cast a Wrath where you're just like, oh, eh, if this was a Doomblade, I would have just Doombladed it, but I might as well just Wrath everything instead, just to <laughs> make sure the job's done. So that being said, you and I, we like to play a pretty low number of Wraths. And I just yeah. recently just mentioned this. Is this the type of Wrath that's better because it, like, or is this even worse? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this... Well, I, I, think, I think you need to plan for it. I think this is intended for decks that want to have, like, a Voltron-y type of thing. Yeah. So that, ideally, you preserve your own commander mm -hmm. and take out almost everything else. But hopefully, you've got enough of an attack left over to really seal the deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't really love these types of wraths, as we probably tell. But, um, I mean, it's still okay, I think. Yeah. To kill all planeswalkers is pretty good, you know. Yep. I think I'm still on like fumigate or that one that For lets sure. you choose artifacts or enchantments instead. A hundred percent, I totally agree. Um, I just wanted to make one quick point about Promise of Tomorrow. I just thought of and forgot. Uh, okay. This card is outside of having a sack outlet type thing going on. Is actually, uh, it's like if no one wraths, then what is this card doing? That's the. I just wanted to say that sometimes it's just a three mana do nothing enchantment. So. That's yeah. true. Anyways, just want to bring that up. It's not all good. Uh, slash the ranks. Yeah, same thing. Not all good. In fact, maybe not great. Uh, next, Soul of Eternity. Five white white for a rare avatar creature. It's a star star. Soul of Eternity's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. And you can encore this for seven white white. So for nine, you can have uh, a copy, a token copy of this come in for each of your opponents and then it has to attack. Um, this one's balanced wrong. Yeah, I feel like it's it's weird because you pay seven for the initial one, which just seems like a lot. But the thing is, is like in life gain decks, which is where this is gonna go. This guy's this guy's power toughness is like always going to be pretty high, right? Like 
I know because I, I I run the card that that is just this. What is it like Avatar? It's another Avatar. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, me neither. But um, that card's crazy. And the crazy thing that the, the the really crazy thing to do with that card and with this card too is to give it lifelink. So all of a yes. sudden, this guy, yeah, this guy's a twenty-five, twenty-five. Like even in a bad situation for a life gain deck, like twenty life is pretty low in a life gain deck. Which means that that means you're being attacked a lot and things are you're really being held in in check. So a seven mana twenty twenty, I know it's commander, I know it's not like the end of the world, but like give that thing lifelink and let it attack once, and all of a sudden that's a big problem. Now your guy's back up forty and so on, and that's what those lifelink decks do. They give creatures like this lifelink. They run like whip of Erebos. Do you know what I mean? And they just like all yeah. their creatures have lifelink, and all of a sudden, so I think that's the type of deck this is going to go in, and I think that's where it's going to be most effective. And there. Uh, it's already it's already good enough i think just as a seven mana creature but also th- think like just the encore is going to be crazy you also want to like you also want to like reanimate this card you also you know what i mean you want to do stuff like that with it so i actually think it's a little better than it looks um i'm uh, yeah maybe maybe I, i'm just i i, I get I, in a life gain deck of course all that's true i just think like by the t- in general, by the time you've got this mana, your life total is too low. And as I said before, like even if I got a bunch of twenty twenties, they don't have tra- if they don't have trample or flying or anything like that. It's kind of who cares? Like, do they have a, a one one elf? Cool chump. No, no, enjoy your nine mana. Yeah, it, you know what? It is true. You do need to have support for this card. It's it's on its own. It's just a big dumb creature. And we, you're right. That's not good enough. Well, so we got one more white rare card, I believe. Mm-hmm. This is Timely Ward. It's two and a white for an enchantment aura. You may cast this spell as though it had flash if it targets a commander. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature has indestructible. This is interesting. I mean, we, we do love those three mana instants. It's almost a Chroma's will also, but there's a lot of three mana instants that give your whole team indestructible. We love those. Uh, this only does your commander, but the upside is that it's there now. Mm-hmm. Your commander is now indestructible until you deal with this enchantment. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I think this is pretty good. I, I in those in those decks where you really need to protect your commander, I think this is pretty good. I, this is I, I would run this card. Uh, having fun. Would you? But would you cut the other ones? Like if I'm already running three of those other effects. Would I like? I don't know if I have room for a fourth. Well, there's and the four I... mana indestructibility is the one that always pops to mind, but that one enchants any permanent. But if really, if we're if really the only thing we care about is the commander, like if that's the thing I'm trying to protect the most, um, sure. Then I think yeah, that's it's probably worth it to swap that out and swap this in. Okay, but but what about right? Yeah, I guess if you want to enchant your commander, but like there's those instants that give your whole team indestructible though. Like like I think most of the time you just want this as that one shot. That like that's where it shines. I mean, it's if if that's more if I'm Pe- going for a team thing. But if I'm going for something where I either want to suit up one creature or really want to protect my commander and its abilities. Having this at flash and having it stay, like you said, having it be permanent for for only three mana is pretty good. I think this is like. I know, but 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 I still can't get my head around. What is the instance where you would rather have this over the instant speed entire team? Because this stays on it forever. So then this not now my opponents have a really hard time dealing with my commander. Whereas that one turn, yeah, they can. But now my he's still left open. I yeah, think, I guess so. so. I, I guess and, so. And obviously, but... like. Any kind of aura deck, uh, any kind of you know, any kind of enchantment yeah. based deck, yeah, obviously, but that's I guess that the more Voltron-y. 
Yeah, the more, the more Voltron. Voltron and, but, but what you're saying is true for any kind of, like, go-wide decks are going to really want to protect the whole team more, and obviously that becomes much better. Um, yeah. I, I just think, like, this card isn't just like, uh, we've got better cards than this. It's like, uh, actually, this has a little bit of a unique kind of niche that I think it's it's going to work in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you kind of talk me into it. Also, though, this is from the this is from notably from the commander decks, right? The commander Legends commander decks that came out. Um, which when we did the Legends review last week, we only missed two Legends, and they came out the day we recorded that. And they're the two uh, commanders from those decks, and um, we'll do those at the end of this episode as like a fun bonus. Okay, uh, Timely Ward. Uh, are we on? Yes, we're on to blue. First blue rare, Amphin Mutineer, three and a blue, three, three, Salamander Pirate. If you'll remember from last week, there is a legend that cares about salamanders all of a sudden now. Yeah. Uh, the Simic guy. <laughs> well, here's a salamander. Uh, when Amphin Mutineer enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-salamander creature. That creature's controller creates a four, three, blue salamander warrior creature token. This guy's a three, three. He has Encore six. Um... Honestly, the, like this is this type of removal is actually pretty good in Commander. You can take out a really powerful creature and give them like a four-three vanilla essentially, and that's nothing. Great. And then if you can encore this for six, this means probably taking exiling three creatures. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't mind that. And then you get to attack with them, and if they block, big deal. Like who cares? You just killed them. You, yeah, and, I do and like exiled that. them too, right? It's true. Exile, exiling is very powerful. I think it's worth it. And obviously blinking and all that kind of stuff. Like I think this creature is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, let's go on to Body of Knowledge. Three blue blue creature avatar star star. Body of Knowledge's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in your hand. I feel like that's like average like five. Yeah. Um, you have no maximum hand size. Okay, so I potentially can get that very huge. Whenever Body of Knowledge is dealt damage draw that many cards hello Ooh, interesting hello. it's interesting that's fine it's interesting because because right like it's not a may so like these things can get abused in ways <laughs> uh i always like it to be a may just in case but that's fine i'll take it there's not like if i'm if i don't have pinging or things like that it's hard to do damage willingly to body of knowledge your opponents aren't likely to attack into it Unless they can kill it, I suppose. But even mm -hmm. then, I'm probably not. I'm probably just gonna wait till I have a kill spell for this thing. Yeah, no problem, right? You're like, oh, you're attacking me with your your five five or your six six. Like, yeah, okay, I'll block. This guy dies. I draw six cards. Sweet. <laughs> uh, or nothing bigger than this is ever attacking you. Um, and uh, yeah, I love the ability of like like you said, pingers or like Nin the Pain Artist. Imagine with Body of Knowledge. Sure. Draw double. Pretty good. Yeah, I think this is a fun card. Um, next, Court of Cunning. Uh, it's the blue court. It's a rare. It is an enchantment. It's one blue-blue. It says, when Court of Cunning enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. If you're the monarch, each of those players mills ten cards instead. All right. Well, I mean, not much to say here. It's a mill card. You're running a mill deck. This is a great card. Otherwise, you're probably not. I mean, you could. You, I could see making an argument for this in some kind of like reanimator thing, but 
That's the same for all mill cards. Yeah, exactly, right? Same thing. So, yeah, it's pretty probably pretty efficient at three, I guess. I don't know. And plus you get the monarchy, which is nice. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't know how badly blue wants the monarch at the table. Because blue, blue yeah, is the color, point. blue is the color that can draw the easiest. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to present the option to my Boros opponents. Yeah, true. And, and blue is arguably, I mean, it's on the bottom end of the creature strength cards. It's not known for its beefy creatures until we get to the Leviathan levels. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not great at defending its monarchy either. This is very peculiar. Interesting. I mean, they do I think blue, I'd rather just do have... that. Blue does have good defensive spells and creatures. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I, I would just rather spend the one more mana on that enchantment and just draw an extra card every turn anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. I, like, I agree with you. I think you're. I think it's a, actually an excellent point that why is Blue want to introduce monarchy other than to like get people to attack them or just get people swinging in I general? Know. I think you're right. I'd rather just keep the card draw than myself. Uh, yeah, anyways, this next one. Ooh, this is a this is a talkable card. Hull Breacher, two and a white, Merfolk Pirate, three, two with flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except for the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. So it it prevents opponents from drawing more than one. Yeah. And you get ramp in its place. <laughs> The, the flash ability is kind of that surprise. If your opponent says, oh, I'm going to draw 10 cards now, it's like, okay, I'm going to flash this in. You're actually not going to draw 10 cards. I'm going to get 10 treasures. Amazing. <laughs> I think the big discussion here, the big is, is like this, this is kind of like what white does. It prevents <laughs> extra draws, prevents things, and it also ramps, which we all know white needed so badly. Um, what's the one? I can't remember it. Um, the coins, the guy barfing oh, the coins. Time. Smothering Tithe, white can get treasures, right? It's not impossible. So everyone was like, why not make this a white card? Does blue need more of this? I, th- I can't help but agree partly. I don't know. I fully agree. I think it's absolutely that. <laughs> like maybe don't give yeah. it a flash, but this ability well, like is Avid a Mind ability. Sensor, right? Yeah. Like that feels like a white thing. This like I mean, we got Notion Thief, which is a, was a Demir card that does this ability where you draw instead of them, you mm-hmm. steal their draws. So I mean, it's not unprecedented for blue, but yeah, man, we all know white needs the help. Just give it to white. And this is a very good card, right? People are it's incredible. About it's this. incredible. People are excited about this. Among, I think among it's, competitive people, among casual people, everyone's really excited about this. So. It's incredible already in blue, which already has incredible things. Like you couldn't give white one thing. Blue shouldn't be able to stop other people from drawing cards. You know? Agreed. Like blue Agreed. should just be able to draw the cards. They already do. They draw all the how, cards. How about this? If an opponent would draw an extra card, you create a treasure token also yeah how about that? like you know what? like how, how about, about no that? instead how about that and how about make this card blue white <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean why not why blue red for that matter because i think like red the, the treasure making is definitely yeah. uh, a big red thing anyways we're not designers but it just it just did it did feel weird i will say this on the upside another card with the word and name hull in it and uh oh yeah me and the other hulls of the world specifically the other andy hulls who i had Another uh, magic player and uh, I guess listener of the show named Andy Hull tweeted at me and was like, hey, we got another one. And I was like, there's another Andy Hull. And then he was like, I wonder if 
Andy Hull, the musician from Manchester Orchestra. He's like, I wonder if he plays magic. And then he responded to our tweet Twitter conversation and was like, I don't, but I will for my brothers. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I will write the British Andy Hall whose emails I keep getting and see if he wants to play too. We can have an all Andy Hall game. Listen, to all the other Sean Tavares's out there, please at me. You're going to get John Tavares writing back. You're just being like, did you say John Tavares? <laughs> You're going to be like, get out of here. I mean, that's all right, too. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind hanging out with that guy. Yeah, he seems all right. <laughs> Devoid of any kind of personality, but he's fine. Uh, all right, moving on to blue. Uh, uh, or moving on to the next blue card, I should say. Uh, Sakashima's Protégé. Four blue blue for the shapeshifter creature. It's a 3-1 with flash and cascade. Um uh, yeah, you know Cascade's back. Uh, you may have Sakashima's Protégé enter the battlefield as a copy of any permanent that ent entered the battlefield this turn. So what this means is, because it has Flash, you do kind of have a decent enough choice here. Um, unfortunately, obviously, if something's already out that you'd like, you're you're out of uh, you're out of luck there. But the cool, I guess, little interaction here is that if whatever you Cascade into, Sakashima's Protégé has the ability to become that if it's a yeah. permanent, right so you know depending on what your cascade deck looks like if you cascade into a permanent sure but you're pretty much i think always waiting on this yeah you, you never really like okay i'll just flash this in and see what i get it feels like that's probably you, not gonna be great no you gotta have instance you gotta have counter spells and you gotta be the kind of deck that wants to wait and see what your opponents are doing if it's a sick permanent you're like, I could counter it, or I could make a copy of it and get a bonus spell. Um, but those decks don't like Cascade. Like, Cascading is bad with lots of counter spells. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. You don't want to Cascade into a counter spell. Um, it, it, just because it's nothing, right? Not because it counters anything. It's, yeah, it's not it, bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, so my opponent tries to resolve a Grave Titan, and I have a counter spell and this. I'm like, do I want a Grave Titan? But that means they get theirs to keep. Like, or would I rather have zero Grave Titans on the board? It's a tough call. It is a tough call. Um, but I still, I still think this card is is fun and cool, and I would run this in the couple of decks I have for sure. Okay. All right. Okay, we next have Sakashima's Will. This is the blue will. Three and a blue, sorcery. Choose one, but if you control a commander, you get to choose both. The first option is target opponent chooses a creature they control, you gain control of it. This one's usually bad because mm -hmm. they get to choose. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is choose a creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn. They resolve in order, mm. so if your opponent gives you something, you get to elect that to make everything become a copy of. But again, you're you're going to get the worst creature there, so I think you're always going to want to make multiple copies of something else good that you have. So the first mode is kind of pointless for the most part. You could luck out, and there could be a situation where your opponent only has one creature, and it's amazing. Cool. But I mostly only care about the second one, so therefore I mostly don't really care if I have my commander or not for this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I will say this: I love the art on this card. Yeah, it's like a, a real throwback. It feels like it's like a feels like an yes. older magic. It's like they dug up an old piece of magic art and put it on here. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree. I mean, like this card is uh, pretty narrow. I think not going to be as good as you want it to be. Uh, next, we have Trench Behemoth. Again, this is from the uh, commander set, the new commander sets. 
5 blue blue for a Kraken. It's a 7-7. Return a land you control to its owner's hand and untap Trench Behemoth. It gains Hexproof until end of turn. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls attacks during its controller's next combat phase if able. Okay, so landfall make something attack. Yeah. Right. Uh, return a land. Give this hexproof. I actually think this is pretty good. Um, yeah. Just even on its own, it's kind of its own little engine in that like returning a land to give it hexproof is pretty sweet. And the fact that it has an ability that cares about landfall, even though like that ability is, it might not be that good. Like it's not going to guarantee that that creature dies or anything. Still, I mean, it's still kind of, it's still interesting though. It's still a big seven seven that protects itself and potentially can can mess up some some combat and stuff like that. This is a crazy combo with that white creature that lets you find a planes if you have less lands than people because you can always oh, yeah. be one behind. But then that planes gives you the landfall trigger, so you just keep it rolling. And eventually this card just makes people attack you, ideally, and they run their creatures into your 7-7 seven, seven and stuff like that. Sure. So I think this is a cool card. That's not like it's always, very cool. It's not like a 10 out of 10 or anything, but it's cool. It's neat. It's cool. They do a lot of cool stuff yeah, here, cool including stuff. wrong turn. This is an instant for two and a blue. Target opponent gains control of target creature. If an attacking or blocking creature changes controllers, it's removed from combat. Mm -hmm. What is key about this is that you get to put any creature on the battlefield and give it to anyone else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be your creature. Instant speed with this effect means that if an opponent declares attacks... And let's say they're not even attacking you; they're attacking someone else. You get to you get to say, "Okay, hey opponent, this is what's coming at you. If you want, I can give you something else, and you can use that to block. I can take a blocker away and give it to you. This is extremely political and can lead to some very blowouty combat moments, um, but it has to be opponents. So." I mean, you're making an enemy either way you cast this. Okay, so we talked about earlier there was a blue card that we thought should have been white. Here's yeah. my argument as to what this should be red. So okay. we, we've already seen that the donating thing has been moving away from blue like it used to be in the old days to more red. Like Shadows yep. of the Astral had that card. There's been some other ones. The card in this very set that cares about opponents owning stuff that isn't theirs is red and black. There's no blue to be seen. Why is wrong turn blue? You know, why is that happening? Give the, make this card red. Yeah, done. It fits. It goes in Blim decks. Blim, right? That's his name. Blim yeah. gets to run this card in this set. You could. I mean, I know it's a rare, so I know it's like unlikely that we're going to actually draft Blim and this together. But like, let's give that deck another tool. Instead, you've printed wrong turn for and that card. Can't use it. The commander you made in this very set can't even use it. So. I wrong turn, more like wrong color. Yeah, wrong color. Blue doesn't, I, I mean, it's not that I think it's bad that blue has it. It's just that it doesn't make sense within this set to make, just make this red. Uh, okay. Okay, we're moving that's on. That's it for blue. Yeah, that's it for blue. We're moving on to black here. Um, uh, so far, the rares are showing up, though. I'm pretty happy with the, the majority of them. They are showing up. Yeah, so the uh, we got the black court here. Court of Ambition, two black black for the enchantment. When it enters, you become the monarch. And at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. If you're the monarch, instead, each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is like one of those punishment style cards, obviously, and it's going to be drawing us, ideally drawing us some stuff if, if we can remain the monarch. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I kind of like this, though. I mean, I think giving them the choice means that this isn't quite as mean as it could be, which I think is kind of a good thing. Well, it's still pretty yes. mean, though, right? Like, discarding right, in life is, is sometimes you just don't have a choice. The, the, my trouble with this card is that each opponent suffers, which is a great mm, way to yes, team up the board against you. That's true. So they'll be like, hey, well, we can, none of us can let you have the monarchy, so we will work together to yeah. ensure that you are not the monarch when your turn rolls around. That's true. That's a very good point. And people, absolutely, I would do everything in my power to keep the monarchy away from this person. <laughs> Six life or two cards? That's a lot. That's too much. That's too much. I can't have that. No. Can't have <laughs> and that. And that's what people are going to say to you as they attack you when you have Court of Ambition out. Can't have that. I can't have that. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I guess, like, on paper, this card looks pretty awesome, but in practice, I just think you're going to get attacked a lot. Yes. Good yes. point. Good point, Sean. What's next? Um, Necrotic Hex Sorcery. Six and a black. That's a seven mana wow. sorcery. Each player sacrifices six creatures, and you create six tapped 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens. Hmm. Ooh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, effectively a board wipe, I would say, in the majority, of, so. the majority of situations, I think. Yeah. Um, certainly not all of them. Um, the fact that it's a sacrifice, I think that's probably going to come up as like an advantage, like, I don't know, some low percentage of the time. Like, obviously, you might have some stuff that cares about when people sacrifice things. That's great. Uh, but I think, like, to get around indestructible or something, mm, probably not all that often. But uh, if, you know, any of these cards we've seen recently, these just a bunch of white cards that we've seen give a lot of indestructibility around, maybe this card is going to get better because of that. The only thing I'm like is, like, seven mana. It's like, yeah, we still have to sacrifice six creatures. Yeah, I get six zombies, but like seven mana seems like a lot. But yeah, I guess it's it's not bad. I'd try this out. Yeah, I'd try this out as a board wipe and see how it went. Yeah, maybe. I just wish it wasn't rare. I guess. Uh, what are you gonna do? Whatever. It's a draft set. It has to be rare. Never mind. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this card. I think it's okay as a board wipe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What to say. There you go. Nothing needs mm, to be said. Nothing. You're next. Am I? Okay. Nightshade Harvester. Three and a black. Elf Shaman. Two, two. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that that player loses one life. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Nightshade Harvester. That land's come into play, and I'm so happy. We've been complaining for so long that green's major advantage is can't be stopped unless we break the unwritten code of not too much land destruction so wizards has heard and you know because their design process is like two years behind reality or ahead of reality it's finally taken but we're starting to get cards that punish players for just ramping like crazy Mm -hmm. if i put this out and you want to ramp like crazy that's fine but you're going to lose some life and i'm going to get a big creature from it yeah, I, I think that's cool. I like it. I like that it's not like like polluted was it polluted bonds? I think is the name of the card where you they when they put a land into play they lose two life and you gain two life. That always seems like whenever that card comes down and I play a land, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like damn, that's powerful. Like I have to get rid of that card. 
whereas nightshade harvester feels like it's i'm going to be able to ignore it for a little while and then the, the creature is going to be tough to deal with eventually but i feel like you're going to get a good amount of life loss from this and um i think you'll be in a i think that's a good thing i think that's that means it's going to fly under the radar enough that um it'll be effective i think that's a good thing did, did you know polluted bonds was 20 bucks what no i did not yeah yeah weird is that a, i wonder yeah. if that's recent it only has the one printing. I'm looking it up because I'm so curious. Hmm. Fascinating. I don't even know if I have a copy of it. Uh, next. Next card here. Oh, this is a big one. This one had a lot of chatter. This is you. Oppo Agent. Opposition Agent. Two and a black. Flash. Three, two, human rogue. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, aka you, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. So when I first saw this card, I was like, wicked, this is so fun. I get to control them, but just while they're searching their library, and I get to I get to take the card th the, that they're searching for, um, uh, and, and I get to play it. And I was like, this is like a fun thing. I get to like steal an Evolving Lands. I get to steal a basic land, or I get to steal a little tutored card or something like that. Here's the part that I didn't think about uh, in my haste. And then I tweeted, I was like, I love this card. And then I was like, wait a second, I hate this card. Because it keeps doing it. It doesn't yeah. stop. So now no one can search their libraries. Right. Which, you know, is not the end of the world. Like, I, 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 I like a card that actually stops tutoring. I think that's fine. But a card that stops Evolving Wilds from working is like, eh, I don't love that. So I almost wish it didn't apply to lands. You know what I mean? I mean, it's another way to combat Green's excessive ramp without land destruction. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I almost would like a version that just did that, though. That would be interesting. This is another card that, like... Can, can this be white? <sighs> See, this can does... Can we do that? Yeah, I get what you're saying, because it does that... Stopping libraries thing is, is a white thing, but black also has a thing where they mess with libraries. Usually they do some damage or something as you're searching yeah. libraries. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it feels like... I feel there's like, enough here. Yeah, there's enough here that this this feels okay to be black for, for me, for sure. Okay. <clears throat> um, but I, I, um, I think this is, like, not a miserable card, which I've seen a lot of people say, but I don't... I don't think I'm going to run it. Listen, no. it's it's only miserable if you want to cheat the rules of the game. If you if if you want if to you get want around if, if you want to get around this hundred card format by putting nine tutors in so that you effectively have a ten card deck, then you, you know you are arguably against the spirit of commander. So this it, this should feel bad. Um, if you just want to ramp like crazy and put out a thousand lands in four turns, okay, maybe you know. Reel it in a little bit. Like I, I don't. I think this is only miserable against people who try to like. If you obey the speed limit of Commander, Opposition <laughs> Agent has no problem with you. Sean's got some love for Opposition Agent. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, like if you, the more fair you play, the less this will bother you. That's true. You know, that's true. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I just just as, just as the one time I thought it was awesome, and then the fact that it keeps doing it does mean it is better. So there's that also. Yeah. All right. What's next? Okay. Plague Reaver. Two black. 
Beast, 6-5. That's very cheap for a 6-5. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice each other creature you control. Oh, I see why now. Uh-huh. But you don't you don't have to get to your end step because you can discard two cards and sacrifice Plague Reaver, choose target opponent. Return Plague Reaver to the battlefield under that player's control at the beginning of their next upkeep. So you basically, if they don't have a sack outlet, if, if either of you have a sack outlet, this card does almost nothing whatsoever yeah but but if an opponent doesn't have one this is a way to kind of eliminate most of their board right except for this but they can also do the discarding two cards and sacrificing a thing right it's true i'm going to assume that you're better positioned to handle that than they are for sure for sure um so it's kind of a win-win for the person who gets who has it in their deck though right you get it you either get a three mana six five which is sweet uh and and i i feel like if you get it on turn three or, or sure. early, it's like who cares? You know, I'll, <laughs> right? Who cares? Sacrifice everything else I control. I don't control anything. Um, and then obviously, yeah, in the times when you can give it to someone who's going to hurt them, it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, they can't get around it though. I kind of don't like that. But anyways, what are you going to do? Because yeah. they can just give it right back to you, can't they? I mean, what an interesting game of chicken. <laughs> it's interesting i think it's going to create some fun situations though i i, I yes. like cards like this yes um rock rakshasa debaser is the next card for black black for a cat demon it's a six six uh when it attacks put target creature card from defending players graveyard onto the battlefield under your control so already this is a six mana reanimate spell on just the attack and it's yeah. a six six so it's not a small yeah. creature like that's good um, and it has Encore for six black black. So for eight, we can get, again, upwards of, th- you know, round three for a four-player game. Uh, just creatures onto the battlefield uh, once we attack with these with these six sixes. Like, I... Very good. I think this card's great. This card's great even as itself as a reanimate target, you know? Like, I'll reanimate Rakshasa yeah. Debaser and, you know... If it has haste, great, I can attack, or otherwise it's just it's just threatening to just bring back the biggest thing on the on the in the graveyard. The six mana bar is so hard because we're obviously gonna compare it to Grave Titan, and it's certainly not as powerful right on like right away as no. Grave Titan, but potentially like you know, Grave Titan gives you something right away, even if they deal with it. But uh, but I think this is more fun to me. I like this more than Grave Titan. I like that there's something out here for players who weren't playing when Grave Titan was around. So Grave Titan is a, is yeah. a you know, fairly expensive card. It's not super expensive, but it's like, you know, if we want to save money, we're going to buy this card because it's only it's half the price or whatever it is, right? It's much cheaper. If you, like, Encore is just kind of a, just a different take on what Grave Titan is doing anyways. I mean, obviously you have to spend more for it, but I like the, the idea that you know, I don't have Grave Titan. I've got Rock Sasha Debaser, and it's good in different situations. So I think that's cool. I'm with you. Uh, next is Zat's Will. Uh, four and a black. This is a screaming ball guy. Uh, it's an instant. Uh, you choose one. If you control the commander, uh, you get to do both. Uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature they control with the greatest power. So that's good. I like that for commander. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then the other one is exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. Then create X zero one black thrall creature tokens where X is the greatest power among creature cards exiled this way. So all opponents' graveyards, whatever the biggest CMC for creatures is. Oh, sorry, power, not CMC. Whatever the greatest power is, we get that many black thralls. This is good. 
Yeah, I mean, the double whammy with your commander, everyone's sacking their biggest power creature, mm -hmm. so you're definitely going to hit something fairly significant. Mm -hmm. um, I also don't mind... I mean, there are much cheaper ways to empty graveyards, but I like exiling all the... I mean, exiling all the... Like, for five minutes, exiling all graveyards, but yours, sometimes that, like, it's <laughs> useful. I, I, I feel good when this is in any black deck because I know I'm going to be up against a graveyard deck and I'm going to yep. be happy to draw this with or without my commander. The problem with graveyard hate is that you kind of always have to decide, is this going to be worth a whole card? Because most of the cards that do it, you know, Relic of Progenitus, you know, Tormod's Crypt, whatever. The ones that we're kind of used to are just like, that's all it does. And it's pretty good at doing them but like do i want to dedicate a whole card slot zat's will is like okay well i get a creature from them i get to clear their graveyards and i get a bunch of tokens like it's sweet five mana is not cheap but i think that's a lot for five mana yeah so i'm into I it i agree yeah i'm into it um are we oh yeah we're clear with black cards and we're moving on to red rare cards this is the first one is blazing sunsteel and it is the one from the commander decks mm. uh one in a red for an equipment each Sorry, equipped creature gets plus one plus oh for each opponent that you have. Interesting. Whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to any target. So it's like that stuffy doll kind of effect. Mm. And it equips for four. I do love the stuffy doll effect. I think it's very interesting that we now have an ability to spread it around in a creature that actually wants to tussle. Mm -hmm. That tussles pretty well. So now... It's not just a kind of a fact on the board. It's like, we have to deal with this. And if we do, I'm going to move that equipment and you'll still have to deal with it. Works, I like it. Works really well with that aura that gives indestructible, obviously. Pretty nice. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is cool. This is cool. Uh, ability we don't see, like you're saying, like we don't see that too often to be able to move that around. So That's the big plus of the mm -hmm. set. They're giving us stuff we have never seen before in Commander. Yeah. And I don't think it's like... I was worried when the set came out that they were going to do what they did to standard and basically push a bunch of cards so much that they had to be banned, you know, so many emergency bannings in standard. And it's like, well, if they do it to commander, that sucks. But it looks like they've kind of hit it on the head. Like, uh, we weren't, ki I wasn't kidding when I told Gavin on stream that, like, he, this is like, we have no complaints about this set. It's really, it is really good. <laughs> Power level yeah. is right where I like it personally. A nice yeah. medium. Okay. Uh, next is Court of Ire. This is the red court. Three red, red. Enchantment. When it enters, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, Court of Ire deals two damage to any target. If you're the monarch, it deals seven damage to that player or permanent instead. Okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, uh, unlike the black one, it's not every opponent. So mm -hmm. you might be able to like make a deal where you're like, hey, don't steal the monarchy from me, and I'll make sure I'll hit this guy. Also, if you don't have the monarchy... Two damage to any target. Like it's bad. It's bad, right? That's not good enough. You're probably not killing anything. You're just gonna go two damage to someone's face. But also there's like a lot of cards, a lot of decks where this is gonna like you're gonna double this damage. Or yeah. or we're gonna hit something and it's gonna care about taking that damage, like with that with that stuffy doll thing, although I guess that's kind of redundant at that point. But so I think this, I don't know, this one's neat. This one's cool. Uh, seven damage becomes a lot if you can hold on to that monarchy, that's for sure. Yes. You'll kill stuff with that. Uh, let's talk about Ember Wild Captain. It's three and a red for a Jin Pirate, 4-2. When Ember Wild Captain enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Huge theme in this set. 
Whenever an opponent attacks you while you're the monarch, Emberwald Captain deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand. If you want the monarchy back from me, it's going to cost you some yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And they might not work. Like, I might do something to negate the attack or block or do something so that it doesn't connect and you still didn't get the monarchy from me. Ha ha ha. What a sweet thing it is to run this card in one of those Boros, like, mess with attacks decks, you know? Big time. We've made a couple of those on the show, and they're always fun to, like, see play out. And so, if you know, this is an even, this is another, like, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Like, this is another, like, warning sign. Like, do not attack me, because not only might I just mess with your combat so badly... That you're just going to regret it, but like you're going to take a bunch of damage from this captain too. I think it's really yeah. You good. have to pay to play. Yeah. Like if you want to test me, it costs you. I think this is good. I mean, this is a gin pirate. There's also that. So like attacking in pirate decks is what you want to have happen. So monarch in pirate decks is awesome. This guy in pirate decks, therefore, is awesome. And this goes in a bunch of other decks too. So I think this card's really good. Yeah. Um, I love that most of these monarch cards are about four. Which mm-hmm. is a great price. Good call. Yeah, yeah. This being a 4-2 means it doesn't attack well, but I don't think you want to attack with this guy anyways. Nah. I mean, I want to block with him. You're going to take some damage, and you have to, you're have to. you probably going to lose something, unless yeah. it's huge. Uh, okay, next we have Flamekin Herald, 2 in a red, for the Elemental Wizard. It's a 3-2, and it says, Commander spells you have, sorry, you cast, have Cascade. So now, all of a sudden, your commander just has Cascade if this guy is out interesting yeah i I don't know how great it is i mean it's a little bit of setup but i mean i'll take it it's fun uh i'm glad they printed this yeah it's neat i'm with you i don't exactly know where it goes obviously if you care about cascade obviously but um yeah i don't know flamekin herald looks like maybe we throw this in the the tribes that care about it maybe it's an elemental maybe it's a wizard maybe it's just just good overall but anyways it seems Seems I think good. I think I want to run this if my commander costs four or more. Because yeah. I play that I play this and then I play my commander. Excellent. Yeah, sweet. Good call. What's next? Uh Jessica's Will. This is the the red will spell. We get to have two modes. We get to do one or both if we have our commander. Or any commander. Mode one is add red for each card in target opponent's hand. A little bit of a little bit of a ritual there. The other mode is exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. So for three mana, somebody's got more cards than three. So you're going to net mana from this. And if you're com- if you control your commander, you also get to use some of that mana to cast extra cards. You can play them. You're so la- that means lands are hittable. Yeah, this is really cool. I I we talked about this when it first came out and um the the adding red for each card in target so giving making this like a really good ritual right because you're probably you're like it's it's not outside the realm of possibilities for someone to just have seven cards in their hand not at all (laughs) that's not that's totally reasonable especially at like three mana like you can do this on three and then do something do something with that additional mana I, i this and then obviously there's Lots of situations where this is just busted. So I think this card is very powerful. Very fun. Yeah. Um, Wheel of Misfortune. This is a cool one. I mean, talking about bringing back those powerful vintage 
era rares like or, or cards. Uh, this is this is kind of doing that. Um, this is a great twist on it. Yeah. So Wheel of Misfortune is two in a red. A lot of text here. It's a sorcery rare. Each player secretly chooses a number zero or greater. Then all players reveal those numbers simultaneously and determine the highest and lowest numbers revealed this way. Stay with me. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the highest number to each player who chose that number. Each player who didn't choose the lowest number discards their hand, then draws seven cards. Amazing. <laughs> so, Amazing. Uh, so the great thing is here is if you don't want any part of this card, just choose zero, right? And then you will not draw cards. And you won't take and any you damage. will not take damage. But every one of your opponents will draw seven. Uh, if you just chose zero. Yes, you, you're giving your all of your opponents a new seven. No, but they have to... The as long as they didn't choose zero. Right? No, the highest player also draws the seven. Oh, right. The Each old... player who didn't choose the lowest gets to do it. Right, exactly. Right. Um, one person gets punished on the top with life, and mm -hmm. one person gets punished on the bottom by not getting any cards. By not wheeling, right. By not wheeling. And there's basically always going to be someone who wheels, I think. Or sorry, it chooses zero. Because you're going to have some... You think? I think so, because I think you're going to okay. have someone with a mitt full of cards... Who is like, well, I don't want to get rid of these. These are too good. I don't like, and if I have six cards, going up one card isn't going to be worth the turn I have crafted, you know, in my in my head here. Or if I have more than seven cards, I'm probably not doing this either. That's true. But what if what if the player to your left had one card? Do you, do you fight a little harder to make sure they don't get to draw seven? Is it better for you to exchange your seven in for giving them six? I think that you're that it probably is correct to do that, but I don't think that's how a lot of players think. I think that they're more like, well, sure, you get to draw six cards, but I have my sweet hand here, even though it is only five cards or six cards or something. I bet okay, you, but for the by most that part, logic, people will think that way, I think. But, but by that logic, though, if, you, if we're assuming someone at the table will pick zero, then we should all pick one, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll take one damage and wheel. Yeah. Like, good wheel. Yeah. I know, I know. I kind of think that's... But then, if we know that, then we're going you know, to we're going like, to do this. We're going to do this thing. So when the when this card gets played, someone's going to pick zero. They're going to make sure. We're going to be like okay, and then someone's going to pick one, and then someone's going to you know, or we're, someone's going to pick a higher number. Blah blah blah. Whatever. My thing is, is like it's it's wants to it wants to uh, set this up where you where everyone's going to be fighting to like try and pick the highest, but or but not pick like pick a high number, but not the highest. But I feel like there's going to be someone just like I don't want to do this. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's tricky. It's tricky for me. The fun thing is, is that it's the secretly choosing the number. That's the thing. Yeah. So if you, but even if you pick one, like this is the thing. It's you, you like you don't know that I'm picking zero. No. So what if I'm also picking zero? Exactly. What and what if you're like I'm going to pick one because I think Andy's going to pick zero, but then I don't pick zero. I pick. No, but what if I don't think that? What if I just? What if I'm the guy who thinks I don't want to wheel? I'm picking zero secretly. And you think I don't want to wheel? I'm picking zero secretly, and then like one guy, uh, like it's just so weird. I know <laughs> there's so many weird possibilities in this card. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be fun to see it play out for the first time because I think that's yes. really truly when people are gonna grasp what this card does. I mean, I think we grasp it. I think we we understand it here. We're just running through the different possibilities and like the high end and low end and stuff like that of what people are gonna do. But I think when we when we see this play out in our first game, when our first commander game. Um, I think uh, we're going to truly be like, okay, I think I understand what I have to do every time this comes up. Pick five. 
or something. I oh, but I don't know, man. But like once that precedent is learned, then they, it all changes. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's a fun card. I'm glad it's. What around. do you do? Th- what do you do cool. about this? What do you, what do you do about this? You you cast the card, and everyone secretly chooses a number. But while we're choosing, I'm allowed to say I'm picking four. <laughs> But but I don't have to pick four. Well, <laughs> like I can just say that. You ruined your like credibility going forward from that point. I just don't believe for Sean wheel of says mis- anything. For wheel of misfortune, for maybe. For wheel of misfortune, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, also, so so the reason I, I go back to the reason in the first place why I bring up that if you just don't want any part of this card, you can pick zero. Uh, so like Nekusar running this card isn't gonna be great because. The, the like they can just opt out of it so it's not going to be that traditional wheel where i'm going to punish you by making you wheel the right. wheel here is more of like um uh it's going to be a good thing for them or they're going to at least have to balance out whether or not they even want to do it yeah so that's that gives it an interesting twist um that's different from pretty much every other wheel we know about Okay. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's a very interesting card. We'll have to rewind and find out if we talked longer about this or Jeweled Lotus. Ooh. That should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be close. <laughs> okay, that's it for red cards. Let's move on to the green and the rare package. Just as a heads up, we, there are far fewer uncommon and common cards that we're going to be talking about. So we are well over the halfway point at this point. Yeah. Uh, Bio Waste Blob is the first green rare. It's two green green for an ooze. It's zero zero. It's zero zero, but oozes you control get plus one plus one, so it's kind of always one one. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a commander, create a token that's a copy of bio waste blob. So classic oozes, right? Like it's one one, but if you're if you have your commander for the next turn, you have another one, and they each give oozes plus one plus one. So now they're both plus two plus two. Then they will all be plus three plus three etc etc this is gelatinous genesis over time yes yeah yeah yeah. i mean this is i i i love seeing something fit so perfectly where it should and like seeing this ooze card get created is like oh man i love it like this is exactly what you want oozes to do this is what they should do it's like i don't know it's just just great it's not super expensive it's great it's fun yeah yeah, it's very fun. It's the, the magic community loves a news. We love a news. We love a news. We stay in a news. <laughs> we stay in a news. Okay. Uh, not much to say except that this card is cool and fun. Um, next is Court. It's the green court. Court of Bounty. Two green green enchantment. When Court of Bounty enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you're the monarch, instead, you may put a creature or land card from your hand on to the battlefield so remind me what 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 do the other courts do the red one deals two damage or it deals seven damage the black one mm-hmm. dr- drains and discards or double drains and discards right three well not six. not even drain you don't gain that sure, life. you don't gain that life that's that's important yeah. the, white makes a one one spirit <laughs> or a four four, four four angel, angel. it's notable uh, blue, what is what does blue do? I I truly forget what blue does. Oh, the blue one was the mill one. It either mills oh yeah two or it mills ten. Okay. 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 So this one we get to land card from your hand. So that, that's that's important to note. While that does feel very powerful, if you don't have that land, this is nothing. And yeah. we know that that ability is it's like it's either so good or it's 
pretty low down and not that great. Um, <laughs> being able to just put creatures out. So basically, if you can support this with card draw, this card is incredible no matter what you're doing. Right? Yeah. This card's incredible no matter if you're the monarch or not. Like this is and and as a green player, I would love to be the monarch because I can protect it with all my giant creatures. <laughs> yes. So like this is, I think the best court for commander. Maybe am I right about that? I think so, right? It has to be. It's like uh, just in a vacuum on raw power. Yes, this is this has the potential to do the most. I, I think without the card draw support, it loses a lot. We have we do yeah. we have to be able to keep that card draw up because but eventually it, it this is just... card draw. It is no, it's not. Well, you're the monarch, so you draw oh, that. Yeah, you you cast yeah, and you draw yeah, that yeah. card. And... Sorry, I forgot about the whole idea of the monarch being involved with <laughs> in this. Yes, absolutely. You're right. The card draw comes right on it. So we're drawing two cards a turn. That's going to help us not only keep the monarchy, but um, be able to uh, do this broken thing where we put. So we put land. So so quarter bounty draws us the extra card right away. I mean, well, at the the first end step, we don't have to. We end our turn. We draw that extra card. Next turn, maybe we're not the monarch because someone attacked us. Doesn't matter. Play an extra land. <laughs> like, still get to yeah. play an extra land. Pretty sweet. It won't be long until I am very well equipped to cast massive creatures. If anything, I've ramped so much I'm casting all my huge creatures. It's like, well, I got nothing else to put out. Yeah, yeah. That's why you need that card draw. So I think this. Yeah. I think this is the best one. And I was gonna say, like, I think they've done a really good job of balancing them across the mana costs. So like. I think for the most part, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they do all cost four, except the red one cost five, I think. I yeah, which be... seems like it should be less. <laughs> no. <laughs> like... And and the blue one costs three. Oh, okay, so the blue one's cheaper. Well, that makes sense, because the mill is like... I think the mill one should probably cost less. But I would have been more interested to find out what if they kept them all at four. You know oh, what I mean? What, would that be? what yeah. does that mean? Does that mean taking that seven damage down to six for the red one? Does it mean mill twenty cards if you're the monarch? Mill four and twenty, something crazy like that. I don't know. But anyways, probably not that much. That that sounds wild. Again, not a developer here, not a not a card designer. But quarter bounty is very good and run it in I'd say you could you could make an argument that this can go in just about any green deck and be be pretty pretty good. Let's talk about Dawnglade Regent. It's five green green for a an eight eight elk. It's a very big elk. When Dawnglade Regent enters the battlefield, you become the monarch, and as long as you're the monarch, permanents you control have hexproof. This is reminiscent of the archetype of endurance. Endurance. Thank you. How much did that cost? Seven. I think it's or more than seven. I think it's seven. Um. Archetype of Endurance is a very frustrating card. That's eight. Oh, it is eight. Archetype okay. is eight. It's a very frustrating card because once it hits, it's like, oh, now I can't do anything to any of your creatures. Um, this is permanence. You can't even touch my enchantments anymore. So one of the best ways of getting the monarchy back is by destroying some key blockers or tapping them. But this prevents them from interacting with your board in any way. In general, not a big fan of hexproof in Commander. I prefer interactive games. Um, I prefer I prefer not to have board states where it's just like, well, even if we wanted to do something, we don't get to. So just do your worst and how you know win the game already. I think obviously depending on the deck, but because this is the green version of this card, the monarch like caring about the monarch. I mean, 
you're going to hear like, do you have any flyers? Can you block any flyers? And then that's how people are just going to take that monarchy from you. So I actually think this isn't really that good. Uh, like I would 100% run archetype of endurance over this every time. Um, you think? I think so. Because that'll, that also takes away hexproof from your opponent's stuff, which is good. That's true. That's um, true. Uh, and it itself has hexproof. Uh, which this does too if you have the monarch, but there's like like it's becomes it's way more difficult to deal with this. You just I paint I hit you with a one one flyer. I attack you with a spirit. Well, you don't have anything with reach. You don't have any flyers. Great, there you go. There's your monarchy gone. Now I can kill your Dawnblade Regent. So yeah, I I think a seven a seven man eight eight is already like well this better do something pretty good. And while that second ability is good, the fact that it depends on the monarchy I think is not as not re as reliable as I'd like it to be. I mean, I love that. Uh, see, I like that about I'm it. In. Give this reach and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's too good with the reach. Make it. Make but it, I mean, but, but that's like the thing. If you have... Like a 7 mana 5-5 five, five reach that does this, I'm in. I'm still in. I mean, I, I prefer this at least to... to like, like, I prefer this for archetype. Maybe this is just our play style. But like, at, like this is... This is interactable in that way. Like, like, like I have an Achilles heel, uh, and it's possible. Whereas Archetype of Endurance is like, well, hope you got a Wrath, because there's no way around yeah, this. Yeah, well, so that's what I mean. So, like, if we're including a card that gives all of our things hexproof, <laughs> like, what are we doing if we're leaving ourselves an Achilles heel? It's like, either just don't play that card, because you don't want to have that ability, or if you want that ability, you want it to stick, right? Like, I feel like most people are not going to be like, I'll leave it open so that my opponents can beat me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to leave it open on purpose. Like, I would love yes. to have some reach creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I think it it leads to it leads to better story moments if they can figure out a way of it through a near impenetrable board. The only way through archetype of endurance is a wrath, and like that's never a story. Agreed. Agreed. I um, I, it's a, those are tough. That makes your board so tough to deal with. But I think. Uh... I don't know. I feel like this is going to be... I think the monarchy moves around so much in games. And it's usually the player who has a bunch of flying blockers that can actually keep it. Yeah. Uh, okay, next we have Kamal's Will. Three and a green for an instant. Um, same thing here. If we, we choose one, but if we have a commander, we get, we get both. Until end of turn, any number of target lands you control become 1-1 one, one elemental creatures with Vigilance, Indestructible, and Haste. They're still lands. The second part is choose target creature you don't control. Each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to that creature. So four mana instant, all your creatures fight one other creature. Uh, and your lands... Not fight, punch. Sorry, that's what I mean, punch. Uh, uh, bite. bite. Um, so they're not dying. I don't know, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think this is like super narrow in that it makes all our lands creatures. I think it's great because, I mean, it's not just a random good card, but like, like I'm going to put this in a deck that wants to go wide and making all my lands elementals with Sigil and Indestructible and Haste makes them super wide so that when I follow up with some sort of, it's vig their vigilance, so I'm allowed to attack with them and I still have their mm -hmm. mana minus the ones I use to cast Kamal's Will. To like cast some sort of anthem, some sort of team pump effect, activate an ability that pumps up all my creatures. Uh, I think if your deck wants this, this will be a very strong card. They become elementals, which is also kind of uh, kind of interesting for certain decks. Um, I know Angry Omnath and the sacrificing of elementals becomes very interesting once yep. 
I can sack all my lands to to sack outlet and just throw so much damage around. So that's interesting. True. All right, what's next? Ooh, next up is Magus of the Order. Two green, green, human wizard, three, three. The ability is green and tap, sacrifice Magus of the Order, and another green creature. Search your library for a green creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. This is, um, what's it called? Natural Order. Natural Order. Um, Which is, I believe, two green, green instant do this? Two green, green sorcery. Sorcery, okay. Yeah. Two green yeah. sorcery, uh, sack a green creature, and get a green creature from your library. Yeah. Very good card. Uh, I'm always grateful for more Magus cards because they're usually functionally similar and more fair than like oppressively expensive and brutal cards. Absolutely. Yeah. And and just that much worse because like it's on a creature that has to tap usually. So yeah. the people running extra competitive decks are not looking for these cards, but us casuals are loving them. <laughs> so I love Magus of the Order. Very fun. Um, yeah. And, like, it's a powerful ability. Like, I'm saying, like, watch casual yeah. love them. But, like, dude, this gets you of this gets you your, what is it, the trample boar thing. It gets you all those guys. You can just win the game after you get to do this. Ability. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, next is Rootweaver Druid. Two and a green for the elf druid. Two, one. Whenever it enters the battlefield, each opponent may search their library for up to three basic land cards. They each put one of those cards onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest onto the battlefield tapped under their control. Then each player who searched their library this way shuffles it. Okay, four-person game. Let's take a look at this card, right? Okay. Everyone finds three, right? Uh, well, we got to go in order. We got to go in order. So I, I, ca I cast it. Right. And we go to my left. You're to my left. It's only opponents, so it doesn't. You don't. I know. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so, so we start with my left, which is you, and I say, Andy, do you want two lands and give me one? <laughs> yes. Great, great, cool. So, like, Andy's up a land on me. He and he just went up two. So I go to the next person, Butler. I was like, Hey, Butler, do you want two lands and give me one? He's gonna say, Absolutely, because now it's all even, right? Right, so now I'm now we all have two, but there's a third player who didn't get to play yet, <laughs> yeah. who is behind everybody. So they kind of have to say yes. They have to. And now I've and now I'm up three, and everyone's up two, and I'm so happy about yeah, it. Yeah, because you're net up one. Which is, yeah, and and the reason why I don't think this is actually a, and it's different from the temp cycle, right? Or the yeah. temp, especially the green temp. You get three basics. You know, you're not getting any kind of weird, crazy lands like the temp thing, and. You're not up like three to one on everyone. You're up. Yes. You're up like three to two on everyone, which is a big difference. So yeah, you're up one land on us, but we also got to ramp a, two lands, which lets us do stuff too. I think this card is really good. I think this <laughs> it's card's so good for fun. everyone. It's perfect. It's per like Commander thrives when everybody gets a mana boost, and then we all start flinging haymakers. That's when Commander's the best. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think this card is a, a lot of fun. I'm going to love it in... The, the question really comes up is when I'm playing this in a landfall deck. Oh. I'm playing this in like an Omnath deck. Pick your choice. Whichever Omnath you, you want to talk about. Yeah, right? I'm playing it in any of the Omnath decks. Then do you do it? I think the answer is... We, we have to look around the table and be like, do we really want to give this guy three land drops? Like, no. Right? But you still have to do it in order. So the last person to act gets to like either cheese everyone out and be the only one to do it or because like if everyone agrees on no 
And you're less like, you know what? I think I might because now I am up one on everybody. I'm up two on everybody <laughs> else. I'm up one on you. One on the Omnath guy. Like, <laughs> but you gave Omnath another land drop, which is so I don't good. know. I don't know. Like, yeah. this is an exciting card just by imagining. I yeah. can't wait to resolve it in real life. Yeah, I agree. This is a fun card. <laughs> what else? A sweet gum recluse. Uh, four green green for a zero three spider with flash and cascade and reach. Zero three is too small for six mana, but <laughs> flash cascade. Okay, you have to be big when you have cascade, otherwise you don't hit anything. Yeah. When sweet gum recluse enters the battlefield, put three plus one plus one counters on each of any number of target creatures that entered the battlefield this turn. So the sweet gum recluse will be one of those creatures, and it's going to be a three six. And if you cascade it into a creature, that creature also gets three extra plus one plus one counters on it. That's pretty decent for six mana. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. And a nice big reach creature is, is always helpful. I'm probably going to kill something. Like, like there's a very good chance a three toughness or lower flyers coming in. And I flash this in, get my extra card, mm. and kill that thing. That's true. That, that flash becomes really important. Um, and in any kind of green blue deck or something else the flash is nice because you're just gonna be able to um keep any instance in your hand alive right that's really good yeah uh anyone who has that fear or they really grossed out by looking at like anything with lots of little holes in it hates yes. this card yes because that that abdomen of that spider is just ugh, that's creepy yeah, that's creepy. The gross eggs coming out of it and the little holes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next. Oh, colorless. We're, we're in colorless now. We're colorless territory here. Uh, and the first colorless rare we're talking about is Blade Griff Prototype. Five, uh, five generic for the 3-2 artifact creature Griffin. That's flying. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, destroy target non-land permanent of that player's choice that one of your opponents controls. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So, uh, I don't know. Give this thing double strike and then watch your opponents just <laughs> toss around destroying things. This is really fun. So political. Hey, Andy, is there something on Butler's board you want dead? Will you let me hit you for three and you can just destroy it? Yeah. Will you let me hit you for three even though you have the monarch and we can destroy <laughs> that thing and I get to be the monarch? It's like, that's not a bad, that's not a bad trade, right? Like, it's not I the worst. I take to lose the monarch, but I get to destroy the thing that's really bothering me. You know, there's a yeah. lot of games where I'm up for that. Yeah. So that's really this is this is a well placed in the draft environment, obviously for this set, yep. but also I think a really fun commander card. Very fun. Very political. Uh, one more colorless card again. Wizards, thanks for taking a commander ability and putting it on a colorless artifact, so every deck gets to play with this. This is Horizon Stone, five mana for an artifact. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. It's uh, it's crew fixes ability, but on an artifact. So now every deck gets to play that way. I love it. Yeah, um, I can't scroll down to look at it, but how much is this card going for right uh, now? It's three twenty-five right now, and then the special version's ten bucks. So, I think that. This card is really good, but at five mana, I understand why it's not like super expensive right now. But I think this, that this ability breaks the rules of magic, and any card that does that is worth noting. So for only three dollars, uh, I'm not saying this goes in every deck or anything, but I'm saying that this is a unique ability 
that you don't see printed too often, and when it does, it's it's it has a big effect on the game. I'm very interested in this card. I'd be looking VI. to pick up a lot of these. Yeah. I'm V.I. I'm... Warshowski about this card. <laughs> what a pull. V.I. Warshowski. Huge pull from Sean. But... This is the kind of content you get when we're two hours plus recording. You get This This brain starts loop-de-looping in there, and who yeah. knows what it'll find. That's a V.I. Warshowski. The V.I. Warshowski <laughs> on the episode is Horizon Stone. <laughs> that's, that's replacing the Audrix now. It's now the V.I. Warshowskis. Uh... I gotta get a. I gotta get an altar of <laughs> that who movie. played who played I her. I want to say Kathleen Turner, but I think I'm yes. wrong. Am I right? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen that movie. However, if you type in V I W A R, you get V I Warshawski. That's too many, though. That's that, that's that's I mean, most of them. I mean, what else could you possibly get? I guess right. <laughs> it is Kathleen Turner. I was right. Wow. Never saw that movie. Apparently, it's based on some books. That's my quick research of the day done right there. Okay. Um, okay, very fun. Uh, okay. Unco- oh, and there's, and there's the, uh, the land cycle. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, right. yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, numbers. They gave us the other, yeah. like, like commander lands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so these are the ones we that we didn't get. So these are the al- uh, enemy colored ones, right? Um, I don't know. Yes, I think they're enemy because Izzet's in here, and I yeah. know Izzet is an Blue enemy. Blue Drain is, is enemy as well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, obviously these are just dual lands to us commander players, unless you're super late in the game. In which case it matters less. But, um, yeah, obviously these are so sick, and we're very happy, and I wanted them to print these forever in every set. <laughs> yep, yep, make, make them, them cheap. cheap. Please, make yep. these as cheap as temples. Yeah. Like no, like how are these ten bucks? I know why they never been printed before. But I'm telling yeah. you, what I'm saying is like these are the ones you need to put in every commander deck. Yes. And I think that now maybe we have the full cycle. I think they will start doing that. I they better. I truly believe it because Soul Ring used to be really expensive, right? Yeah. It did, and then they started putting in every deck because they were like, well, this 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 is why this card exists now. This is a commander card. These are literally just for commander. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So like, yeah, print these, put these in every single commander set from here to the end of time, because that's the point of them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything? Uh, and, and I got nothing else to add to that. I was just going to say we got one more rare land that isn't that cycle. Um, and it's a colorless land that taps for colorless, but you can pay three and tap and pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity. Draw a card. Three mana draw card and pay a bit of life. That's a bit more mana than, you know, you can usually pay two mana to draw a card. You're paying three mana and some life. So this really only has a place in decks that have a hard time drawing cards. In which case, like, Mono Red's probably very happy to use this. Yeah, I think it's very very um, specific that they called this the War Room. Because oh, I, right. Because I feel like this is a... And look at the colors on this. Like, this is a Boros yeah. card. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is definitely a Boros card. So what cards are, let us draw cards on lands for two, though? I'm not thinking about lands. I'm oh. just thinking of just the average. Like, like a lot of times they're like, pay two and two life and draw a card. Right. Or one black and two life. It's sure. like, like the, this is just a higher than average rate. But I guess, yeah, like if it's on a land, that's you should pay a bit more for it because it's kind of a free card. So free, like it's, yeah. it's a good deal. And I think one and two color decks, I, I think that's a fine 
free kind of freeish spell to have on a land. I I love that. Yeah. Even even the three color commander. I mean, paying three life in in you know in those times when you need to draw a card, uh, you're, you'll happily do that for the most part. I think. Agreed. Um. Okay. Uncommons. Oh right. Wow, I forgot about. Uncommons and <laughs> uncommons and commons. There's not like like what do we have about a dozen yeah, total not, added up. Not so many. Um, okay, let's start. Black. The first black uncommon. Uh, do we? There's no white uncommon that we're talking about. Is that right? Nope. Right. Nope. Okay. The black one. Uh, the first. So the first uncommon is black. It's Nadir. Nadir's. Nadir's Nightblade. Two and a black for a one three elf warrior. Whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. And you gain one life. Not too much to say here. It's just interesting to see a um, uh, like a blood artist type thing on that only cares about specifically tokens. Very interesting. Very it leaves. It doesn't have to die. So that's another interesting thing. Yeah, there's so many dials to turn on these. Here's yet another combination. And I think there's like I feel like there are cards that care only about if creatures, if non-token creatures, die for this ability. Yes. So it's nice to see the opposite. Uh, we've also got an enchantment vow of torment. Uh, two and a black for an enchant creature. Enchanted creature has plus two, plus two, and menace, and can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. Uh, this is notable because it sort of completes that cycle. Well, actually, remember, it already was completed. Oh, that's right, but the other one was fear, The other one was right? intimidate. Intimidate, And I guess I they see. wanted to update it. So now, if you look at the vow cycle, there's two black ones. One has intimidate and one has menace. <clears throat> uh-huh. And like, and the, the other vows are in the set. Yes, the reprints. But we're not talking about the other ones because they're not new cards. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, and they, I guess they didn't want to reprint something with intimidate on it because they're done with that. Right. So they just did it with menace. Yeah. So not much to say. The vows are good in some aura decks, but otherwise, I don't really see them get played too much. Uh, next, we have oh, into red coastline marauders. Two in a red for an O three human pirate with trample. Whenever it attacks, it gets plus one plus zero until end of turn for each land defending player control. So that can get pretty big, um, and it has encore for four and two red. I think this is this can be like if we're talking about attacking and getting through and dealing damage, which is what these pirates want to do. Um, I think this is interesting. I mean, three toughnesses in a ton, but uh, this can do a lot of damage. It's not a ton, but I'm I'm planning like by the time I cast this first and attack, I'm probably a five three, and they can't chump it because I'm just spilling the damage through and i love having it in my graveyard because later on in the game when everyone's got like six to ten lands i'm hitting everybody for six to ten for six mana with trample i think this is gonna do a lot of damage in a nice little package and that's just on its own we're talking we're not talking about any damage doublers or nothing else any equipment or anything else like that this this card is is actually i think sneakily pretty good Mm -hmm. what's next Oh, explosion of riches five and a red for a sorcery you draw a card then each uh, each other player may draw a card whenever a card is drawn this way explosion of riches deals five damage to target opponent chosen at random from among your opponents okay so explain this so i draw a card yeah then each other player may so so it's, whoever... it goes to me it goes to me and i say like i will say yes so I do that, and then, Explosion of Riches deals five random damage to one of your opponents. Oh, so you're like, maybe not me. Right, right, might not be you. So you'll you'll, but definitely not me. 
Because I cast Definitely it, not you. Which is yeah. good. <laughs> so I feel like your opponents will all take cards because there's a very good chance they won't take the hit. But if they all do that, there's a higher chance that that, that you will take Someone, the hit. Someone, right? Like, yeah, then it works out by average Then everyone takes one hit. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So that's very <laughs> interesting. And it's, you know it's going to be... <laughs> you know there is going to be that one, that one time you do this where the person's like, no. And then... The other two or three, whatever, two people choose and to it do it. Hits them. And it just hits that guy. Or even just everyone draws and it always hits him. It's like, oh yeah. man, I took 15 damage from this thing. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Uh but actually, so so the first one that I draw also does it, right? Yes. Yes. Yours your riches explode too. I think yeah, I think. I is it? Well, yeah. The only thing that makes me think maybe that's not the case is when is that says whenever a card is drawn this way, draw a card. So I, I think I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just doesn't I, I mean anything it... else, any other draw abilities or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. So someone someone could take twenty damage from this card. Yeah. If everyone draws, that's crazy. Fun. Six mana though, not cheap. All right. What's next? Fathom Fleet Sword Jack, three red orc pirate. 4-3. Whenever Fathomfleet Swordjack attacks, it deals damage to the player or planeswalker it's attacking, equal to the number of artifacts you control. And it has Encore for 5 and a red. Much like that Trampley Land one, mm. in the right deck, this one, like the first attack, could do like 6 or 7 to somebody. And if it's that same deck, there's a, you know, you wait until the right time to Encore, but you could do another like 10 to somebody. Yeah, definitely. Akiri Lineslinger, look out. Yeah. Uh, next we have Frenzied Saddle Brute. Four and a red for a 5-4 haste. Orc warrior. All creatures can attack your opponents and planeswalkers your opponents control as though those creatures had haste. This is very cool. So it gives everyone haste. Yeah. But, but not only for you. for attacking your opponents. So not for attacking yes. you. And your, your yeah. stuff gets haste too. Yeah. I think this is... Very good design. Very fun and very good design. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah a five it. mana five four is fun too and everything. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I just think it's actually, this card's awesome. I'm, I'm happy mm -hmm. it's it's an uncommon, I guess. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised at how many red cards we're talking about in the uncommon slot here, aren't you? It's true. It's... And here's one more. Wow. This is Volcanic Torrent, four and a red for a sorcery with Cascade. And it deals, Volcanic Torrent deals X damage to each creature and Planeswalker your opponent's control, where X is the number of spells you've cast this turn. It's going to be minimum two, unless somehow you cascade into something that you don't want to cast. But the thing that you cascade into is the first spell. This is the second spell. So it's minimum two to everything your opponent's control. But it's easy in the spelly deck, it's easy to get like two or three cantrips on there before you cast this and may basically turn into a one-sided board wipe in addition to that cascade yeah this is a sneaky storm spell yeah this is a, this is a way to sneak storm into the set kind of right yes yeah interesting so one-sided board wipe that's basically storm yeah that sounds like kind of on the surface it doesn't look that good like i'm like oh five mana for this cascade yeah okay but just knowing that what Storm is capable of, I'm just like, this is a pretty, I bet this is a pretty powerful card. Yeah. You can't end games, though. I can't hit players. It's only planeswalkers or creatures, though. 
Okay, uh, wow, we've moved into Colorless here, and Ingenuity Engine is uh, the card we're talking about. It's a seven mana uncommon artifact with Cascade, so seven mana, Cascade. Pay one and tap it, sacrifice an artifact, return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. Uh, this one I felt like was worth talking about because of the sacrifice an artifact thing. Like That's not something you see all the time, and being able to do this is a kind of shenanigans that... This is a classic card that looks like it doesn't do anything, and then you're like, oh, actually, this is part of a crazy engine that just is an infinite combo or something. We had to have to pay seven mana up front, but... Um, but we get something else We get something else, exactly. We get a Cascade, so not bad. Keep, I like an, eye it. On, keep an eye on this card. And there are at least six or seven other artifacts hidden in the drawing. Uh, and people, I've, I've read threads, they're discovering more all the time. No There's way, really? so many secrets... Well, I mean, just to start you off, the bottom shell this is the bottom of Commander's Sphere. Sphere. Yeah. Right? And then up there I can see... Oh, this is my favorite. You see the on the top left... Is that Nizan's Hammer of Nizan is in there? Oh, probably. Um, I haven't seen that In the one. middle, kind of on the left side. You see it there? Or is that Loxet and Warhammer? Yeah, I think it's Hammer of Nizan. I think it's Hammer of Nizan. It's got that weird howling mine... Those like weird dashes, those Pac-Man lines coming out on the top oh, left. Yeah, on the top left, yeah. Anyway, this is look cool. at find this art. There's so many hidden Easter eggs oh, in this artifact. Wow, you're right. There really is. I mean, that's a soul ring going around the middle. Yep. And then we've got sort of feast. No, sort of body and mind, and looks I, like feast and famine. Yeah, feast and famines there too. <laughs> This is fun. I like this. And people have suggested that, like, the room that it's in is, like, a doubling cube or something like oh, that. Like, like it just wow. keeps... It's great. It's great. That is fun. Uh, okay, what's next? Uh, we have a, a, an uncommon colorless land. It's Guildless Commons. It enters the battlefield tapped. And when it enters the battlefield, you return a land to your hand. And it taps for two colorless. This is like all those other guild lands uh that tap for two but you bounce them it's a ravnica bounce land with no guild association a colorless i love that they finished yeah it. a colorless Karoo. yeah uh, that's that's great always good cards um we're on to commons there aren't aren't very many of these but there are nope. a couple that caught our eye uh azure fleet admiral was one of them it's a three and a blue for a three three human pirate when it enters the battlefield you become the monarch and azure fleet admiral can't be blocked by creatures the monarch controls so this card is getting in if they take yeah. the monarchy from you simple as that so you're always taking <clears> it back this is a pretty nice card to have in games where that matters and this card makes that matter so uh we also have fall from favor this is two and a blue for an enchantment aura enchant creature when it enters the battlefield tap enchanted creature and you become the monarch enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step unless that player is the monarch it's not great or anything, but like I just thought it was interesting that we, they're kind of making this, they're like turning this card from a definite limited only card into something that we could possibly care about in Commander. Um, I get it that this is a mix of Commander and Limited, this set, so that's why it's happening, but I just think it's neat. It is also worth knowing this is the cheapest way to get the Commander. It's tied for the cheapest way. Three mana, or no, to get the Monarchy. Mm, three mana, okay, yeah. Uh, next is Forceful Denial. Three blue-blue for an instant with Cascade that says Counter Target Spell. So 
we spoke earlier about how it's not great to run Cascade in decks with a lot of counterspells because we don't want to Cascade into our counterspells. Um, so that kind of rules this out as a an extra counterspell we want to put in one of those types of decks. So if we're not talking about that, then we're talking about maybe putting it into um, just a regular deck or maybe something with a lot more with a lot of other instant speed stuff in it. But then I'm thinking like, is this good enough? So that's the question, right? Like, is five mana cascade counter target spell? Is that going to replace your, uh, you know, naturalize or negate or counter spell? I don't think so. I mean, I probably wouldn't be too scared of running this if I had one other counter spell in my deck. Um, but I don't know. Five mana to counter a spell is a lot, mm-hmm. and. I hate cascading into like a signet. Yeah. It feels bad. Yeah. It's still effective. It still ramps you. It just it doesn't doesn't matter. So you're just hoping for something that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I agree. So like, I don't know it's if there's neat, a deck for but this, but I don't love it. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, we got a black card here. This is Elvish Doomsayer. One and a black for a one one, Elf Shaman. When it dies, each opponent discards a card. I just think it's really interesting thematically to be the opposite of uh, the elfish. Yeah. What's it? The one that draws you a card. Uh, and I think it is notable when it, it, so a lot of creatures, like I'll run decks where I'll have little creatures with death touch that are cheap because it's like, well, no one's going to attack me. And there are like this functions similarly where it's like, I don't really want to attack you because you'll just throw this in front. And now we all discard a card. Uh, I'm happy either way. Yeah, I think it's. I think this actually gets really powerful when we're talking about recurring creatures and and yes. sacrificing them and stuff. So this this ability actually can get out of control. Yeah. There's another version of it for those decks. Uh, all right, next is Exquisite Huntmaster, three and a black for a four two elf warrior. When it dies, create a one one green elf warrior creature token and has encore for four and a black. Uh, nothing fancy, but um, this ability can be pretty sweet. Again, in those sacrifice decks, there's a lot of a lot of where this elf deck lies, and just the the ability to encore, and then you kind of actually get to keep something permanently. Just a nice deal for decks looking for creatures to sacrifice, especially if we care about elves, obviously. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is our red common uh, impulsive pilferer, single red for a one one goblin pirate, and when it dies, you create a treasure token. So it has paid for itself resource-wise by, by mana. But it also has Encore for three and a red. As we know, you get a few copies of it. They attack. As one ones, they're probably not doing anything, but they will turn right back into mana, uh, which is kind of a way to bank the mana, yeah. right? I'm going to pay four. I'll probably get three of these guys, but that's three mana I'm going to use later to cast something even bigger. This one looks like, again, one of these things. It's a little, uh, um, a little sneaky. I think this card is going to be even better than it looks because anytime you kind of spend mana and keep a little mana around, and especially if it's yep. like an artifact sitting on your board, I think that's pretty good. So I think this card is yeah. is, is is interesting. Ooh, I turned it blue. Okay. Huh. Uh, next is Natural Reclamation. It's a green card. It's four and a green for an instant with Cascade. Destroy target, artifact, or enchantment. Hmm. So I feel like, I don't know, I almost feel like most of the time you're going to hit either a creature or some kind of a ramp spell off of this when you cascade into it. Uh, and that's that's interesting. That's kind of like, I'm, as a green player, I'm a little more interested in this than I think I would be 
like for for example than like on the counter spell yeah right so yeah i don't know it's just five mana is still a lot for this ability but don't forget you probably getting something like that so if you want to do that go for it <laughs> just to keep note we're getting a lot of these like cascade on a classic spell and just like is it worth it what are we getting yeah it's so hard because it's random yeah exactly what's next that's it that's it yeah oh, we wow. covered all that the commons yeah, yeah yeah there it is wow okay well that was a that was a ton of cards that's a ton of cards all new stuff so much monarch so much pirate and elf support the pirates is worth noting look great the, yeah the new pirates look great um uh we didn't talk about too many of the elves there was a few there at common that looked interesting but i do think there's some fun elf stuff in here as well uh but i think if we're talking tribes pirates just got a lot of great stuff whether whether it's just pirates with monarchy on them or the monarch on them to like actual the legends that they got are really interesting and good so there's a lot of good stuff here for them to, to no one's surprise admiral beckett breast was a buck until this all started dropping and now she's uh four and a half still not super expensive so that's good yeah at least right that's fine. that hull breacher is uh, though hull breacher is wild jewel lotus <laughs> big money cards in the set but uh and and like i said there's a couple of reprints that also hold a lot of value in the set scroll rack still remained really expensive for some reason mana um, drain yeah mana drain is in the set v vampiric tutor oh i said we would do the two legends from the Commander oh boy Jets i forgot i okay let's lie. do these I'm quick going to... yeah let's do these quick uh I, how do we find them i'm gonna have to pull them up here yeah um hmm. okay did i find them no type legendary that's what i want okay i got them okay first up we have wyleth soul of steel one red white for the two two legendary human warrior with trample Whenever Wyleth Soul of Steel attacks, draw a card for each aura and equipment attached to it. Uh, this is a good Boros equipment slash aura commander, I think, right? You get to draw a bunch of cards when you attack with it? That's exactly what we've been asking for Boros to get <laughs> for a long time now. Yeah. So It asks us to be a Voltron deck. It uh, and it rewards us by refilling our hand all the time. But it does come with the typical drawback that every Voltron Commander deck has. That if one of those enchantments or equipments aren't protection, you could lose everything with one spell. Yeah, and I'd also ask that you like playing Voltron decks. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I found through building one or two of them that I don't really like it. So it's not really something I'm thinking of playing. Although I am constantly intrigued by the idea of an equipment-based Voltron deck, which I have not built yet. So... Hmm. We'll see. Um, but I think this, like I said, this card is something we've been asking for and it's something that we kind of finally have uh, a little bit. Um, the next one, do you have the next one up or do you want me to just read it? I don't know what the next oh, one is. Oh, we don't. Okay. The next one is AC, 
Tyrant of Gyre Strait. So keep in mind, uh, keep in mind what that Boros commander we just like oh. a nice upgrade, right? A very nice upgrade, something we've been wanting. A little bit of card yeah. draw. <clears throat> I see Tyrant of Gyre Strait. Four green blue, the two best colors in commander, no question. Uh, five five legendary serpent. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you can draw a card. <laughs> so Tatiova's already basically busted. <laughs> yeah. And we pay one more mana to get AC. And we trade in the gaining one life part of Tatiova for the ability to play an additional land, which is bonkers. <laughs> Like, you play a land, I drew a card. Oh, guess what? It's a land. Play that land. It's like, I'm just going to draw another card. It's a land. I don't want to play two next turn. So don't worry about me. I'm just going to keep drawing cards. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is the one card that seems to have, like, kind of snuck through the standard play test slash, like, well, I'm turning invisible in the green screen. Um, uh, uh, like it's made its way from standard to commander. Like this is what I was afraid of. I thought we were gonna see a, all kinds of stuff like this, where it was like, what? More like this? Luckily, it is only this one creature. But man, oh man, this creature is—I don't know. This—it's—it's it's almost. It's like it's boring to me. You know what I mean? Like this is too good on the nose. These colors are already so good. Like you couldn't have let that Boros commander say that when any of your creatures with an aura or uh, an equipment attacks, you draw something. Right. Yeah, like we couldn't at least shared. We could have shared that with other creatures. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just like this guy. Just needs to be like, just needs to not have play the additional land thing. Because you're already going to play, like, I don't know. Again, you're right. Tatiova already is this ability. Like, can we think of something else? <laughs> can we do it? Tatiova, Tatiova is already this ability and is a Tatiova is a commander that when you sit down and you see Tatiova, you're like, oh. Well, we're all going after this person, right? Like, we're not going to let this person go. It's like, this is more. (laughs) This does more. Yeah, it does more. It does more. And Tatiova's in this deck every time, 100%. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like, Tatiova's best friend is a card that lets you play more than one land a turn. Because you end up drawing all those extra cards, but you can't play the extra lands. Like, oh, I've got a mitt full of lands, nothing to do with them. Well, guess what? AC solves all your problems. Also, my, my favorite thing about this is that someone was like hey i know what we'll do we'll make these two commander decks which are meant to be played against each other i'm gonna make oh one of them God. a boros equipment deck <laughs> i'm gonna make the other one a simic extra land draw extra cards thing and i get that like maybe 1v1 the attacking thing is a little different if you actually like do the thing where you buy both these decks and we just sit down and play them against each other that's different but i'm talking about a game of commander here i'm talking about a four player multiplayer game of commander where we've taken these two and maybe we've played them against maybe even two other pre-gons or something like that <laughs> that boros deck is getting crushed by this guy or straight deck and from any from all the things that i've i've read about these uh these decks that is absolutely the case it is they one is much more powerful and much better than the other huh so yeah anyways um there it is. I just had I just had an idea for a new commander, Andy. Do you want to hear it? I would it? love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Uh, the name is, is work in progress, but it's it's seven mana. It's five green blue. 
you're allowed to play two additional lands on your turn. Mm-hmm. And whenever a land enters the battlefield, you draw a card and you gain a life. Okay, so you just <laughs> added the landfall and full-on Teddy over. That seems too good, Sean. <laughs> Guess what? R&D just gave me a raise. Yeah. It's almost like something happened where they forgot that playing extra lands is broken. And there's a reason why that ability was not printed for a very long time. And that all the cards that had that ability are crazy expensive. You know? And but like in theory, if you're able to play extra lands, you run out of gas and you're like, well, I have no more lands mm-hmm. to play. But every time you play a land, you draw cards so you keep the train rolling. Yeah, man. That's 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 the true thing. It's just it's its own engine. Like we said, Ugh. that like they did the same thing for that for the the green court, right? It's the same thing. It's like yeah. I get the monarch and I get to play extra lands or just get free creatures. Duh. <laughs> I'm green. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love green. Green is my green's my favorite color in Magic, but even I gotta say, like, come on, man. Poor White's over here trying to get a thing that makes treasure tokens, and you, they're giving it to blue. <laughs> Poor White. That's 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 what gets me. I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, it's. I don't want this to taint everything. I think mm-hmm. Commander Legends is a whole, grand slam home run out of the park. It is truly. But, and we're I know we're ending on this kind of thing, but yeah. what but does make it so bad is knowing how just like how how hard it is for white to catch up to this stuff. Yeah. And they just keep pushing these colors and then white got some pushes. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. And you're right. You're right that we should we should uh, mention again that this set is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely killer. Excellent job. Truly, by everybody who worked on this at Wizards, because um, it is just amazing. I can't wait to, I don't know. I guess we're gonna be playing a lot of sealed with this because of the pandemic. Again, I just keep yeah. fully disappearing. There's, something's going on with the lighting in my place right now. Uh, but um, uh, they did a great job. It just it seems like the I guess the people who worked on the Commander decks uh, just got the got the balance off a little bit. But you know what? That is m- so minor. This this set is amazing amazing i'm super happy it exists i'm super happy it's made i can't wait to play it i can't wait to buy the singles i can't wait to do everything with it it's 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 exciting it's great yeah okay well that's it uh that's gonna be it for this episode for our longest set review ever over two episodes um seems like uh i mean i you know what if we get to do this again next year i'm i'm not going to complain because if we get another commander legend set i think that's gonna be a good thing that's a good world we're in. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for watching, everyone, and we'll see you guys next week. We're back with a brand new deck tech. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you love what we're doing, consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. And if you want to get any of the cards from our deck list, go to our TCG player affiliate link below. That helps us out too. And for a free way to help us out, consider sharing the show with some friends. Like and subscribe, add a comment or two. See you later. Bye.